0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Mid Max Show. I'm Ben Hanson, joined by Sergio Vasquez. Hello, and what a treat! Jeff Markievicz is joining us today. Wow! Finally. And Kyle Hilliard. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on this week's show. Sergio uh, Vasquez, you have played Death Stranding, is that correct? Yes. Was that leading the witness? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Um, are you free to talk about everything, and we're not going to spoil it? I can't.
1: I can't right now stream the game to this video. Okay. And I probably shouldn't anyway spoil like the ending and stuff like okay. that. But, okay. But um,
2: please don't spoil to take, anything. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll also talk about Luigi's Mansion 3, Kyle Hilliard, whether you want to or not. I like that game. Uh, BlizzCon was interesting. We'll talk about that. Jeff Marquifava, Diablo fan number one. Sure. Okay. Hong Kong fan number one. <laughs> Hong uh, Kong fan number two. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill, we might touch on uh, the Smash DLC. Uh, mm-hmm. Very exciting. Um, and then we're going to get to some wonderful emails. I'm sorry. Comments from people on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash minmax2ends. Uh, and then back after the show, of course, of course we get to get a load of this, which is our hot take where we share something from the week that really stood out to us. <laughs> our mm-hmm. hot thought. Hot thought. Um... Also, a reminder, as far as min-max uh, cleanup duties, uh, calendar scheduling, all that fun stuff, is next week, on Wednesday, we're going to be airing the second episode of our Deepest Dive Community Game Club discussion for The Outer Worlds from Obsidian. And so, we're going to be talking about everything in that episode up until you land on the planet Byzantium. It's mm.
3: that soon. I know. Uh, and you're, you're ready to
0: record, right, Hanson? I will be. <laughs> <laughs> I have this weekend now okay, to actually okay, play okay. games, now that... um. Uh, Extra life is over, but um, so I'll make a post probably on that Tuesday on the Patreon, and so if you support us at any level, you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the game up until landing on Byzantium, and then we're going to talk about it in a a big bad way. It's going to be some would say the deepest dive on the internet for the Mm -hmm. middle chunk of the Outer Worlds from Obsidian. Cornering that market on that one specific part of that game. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm curious what you guys think about I started to have a little bit of a panic of like, are we going too fast? Are we going too slow with the Outer Worlds? Because then realizing like, ooh, Jedi Fallen Order's coming up and I really was planning on doing a deepest dive on that. We can't do two at once, can we? Well, we can do
3: whatever we want. <laughs> oh, see, I thought right. it was
1: going too fast when I thought we were recording the second episode this week. So yeah. I got to visit oh, in a really? marathon session. Yeah. <laughs> I skipping a bunch of side quests, but I'm
2: I'm going to double back and get I, through them. I sure. may have done the exact same thing, although <laughs> for different reasons. I, the one the one hangout with Star Wars is I'll probably be reviewing it for oh, somebody. I see. So I would, I would love to talk Star Wars. I could always come in on the last episode or just mm. quietly sit in the corner. And, and maybe it won't be anything. a deepest dive,
0: but that's probably a good contender for doing a big uh, spoiler cast. Yeah, I'd for know, a game I like yeah, that I'm, seems like the the tailor made. I think
2: apparently they're already out there. If you're looking at trophy and achievement details, oh, is that so right? I don't look at those. I guess. Yeah, hmm, interesting. Um, we should talk about extra life a little bit.
0: Uh, all of us went back to Game Informer last weekend to raise over sixty thousand dollars for Woo. children's specialty healthcare in Saint Paul, Minnesota, as. You reflexively do a lot during extra life. Hey, way to go! Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, way to yeah, go! Yeah. It's a lot of applauding for 25 hours straight. <laughs> uh, you can watch the archive. I know Leo over at Game Informer is going to get up sometime soon. Uh, if you want to watch Kyle almost puke
2: after eating a giant bug, legitimately, <laughs> like not even I wasn't acting or like putting uh-huh. on like I was close. Rough. <laughs> He's gonna. Uh, I was gagging just
0: watching Ben Reeves <laughs> eat bugs. I missed that. I need to go back and watch the Oof. archive. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe getting auctions ready or something like that. Yeah. But it turns out it's a hectic 25 hours. And then you wake oh, up really? the next day and it's like, oh, my body's sore. <gasps> what? Oh yeah, I've been screaming and leaping around for 25 hours. But you forget like when that adrenaline starts pumping, baby, it's nonstop because it's just so fun when you're at your like peak tired. You do an exciting auction, suddenly you're back to beyond wide awake. Or you're Mm -hmm. incredibly tired watching the ending of Final Fantasy VII as Joe plays it, and then all of a sudden it's like a pie donation comes in. It's like, all right. You can't be tired while somebody's chucking a pie at your face. And it's just so fun to have that momentum just constantly boosted and boosted until you're just burned out. What if, though, as soon as he hits
1: you with the pie, you're just knocked out immediately, like, you just fall asleep (laughs) at that exact moment, and it just looks like Joe killed you or something?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff. If you don't want to watch the full archive, I recommend going to uh, Game Informer's Twitch page because you can look at the clips right now. And so people mm-hmm. kind of made automatic highlights of all the silliest moments because there was some really dumb stuff in there. Like Reeves dressed up as a baby singing Toxic was one of the dumbest things <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've ever see that, seen in my see life. Uh, yeah, it's, it was it was a blast. Uh, and it was fun to have everybody back again. Uh, I talked about it a little bit in the MinFacts, our stream on Monday for $20 supporters on Patreon.com slash min max two ends um but it was did you feel like we made enough of a a kasha as they say about like the min max folks going back to game informer or like people that were laid off going back i feel like it was just kind of like this under the radar the community understands what's going on but it wasn't really like a hey let's put a spotlight on like hey they're back everybody
1: mm-hmm. i think well i mean part of it had to do with you know i don't think We all four of us were there at any one point, right? So there wasn't. It was kind of like a
0: trickling in, like, you know, JV was there from the start and stuff.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And it was I didn't know if we wanted to say too much about what we're working on. That seemed kind of like self-promotion. But as soon as I got on, like the first as soon as I sat down, Joe was like, Oh, so you should tell us about Min Max. Oh, did he really? Yeah. It was very sweet of it, but I was also felt super awkward and I was like, Yeah, I don't know, you can Find out about it online. I'm in the
0: same camp where, yeah, no one told us not to plug MinMax or anything, but it's like, mm -hmm. ah, this is not about us. Like, I wouldn't want people to leave that live stream thinking that we're using this charity Mm -hmm. (laughs) event to raise attention for our Patreon. But it was nice that even without saying anything explicitly, like the chat... Again, yeah, on the ball, knew exactly what was going on, and every once in a while, I see somebody say, "What's min max?" and then someone be like, "Oh, it's this," you know. Yeah. So, oh, thank God, good or job, you, everybody. You get a
3: shout out in the comments. Yeah, like, oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was really fun. It's nice our fans are there.
0: Absolutely. So, so thanks to everybody that donated, uh, and we raised a, a ton of money, and yeah, some of the most fun you can have throughout the year. Um, oh, and somebody donated a thousand dollars for me to shave my oh, head, so there's that that's- whole thing. And Sorry. Reeves did it really well. Like, he, he actually
2: did it, <laughs> it professionally. It was Jeff Cork's, was the cork's kids. kids, right? Yeah. The Cork kids.
0: Yeah, somebody donated to have uh, little baby Corks shave my head, and they were so excited about that. Like, they were so <laughs> eager to get on that mm-hmm. stream. It's just, like, a nice reminder of that generation, like, a seven and a ten-year-old or whatever they are, like, they're them. They're older than that. Are they really? Yeah. Just like, okay, you so, know so know the two work. and three-year-old <laughs> <cork> Under 18 <laughs> kids, whatever. They all yeah. look the same to me. But they, like... Streaming and talking about games and jumping in the chat, like that is beyond second nature. That mm-hmm. is their first nature. Like they were more comfortable streaming games than half of the people there, I would yeah. say. It was amazing yeah. to
1: see. It was weird because, like, I would go up to um, uh, where Cork was and he had his, you know, his kids were in like the the desks right next to him. Sitting and, at your old
0: desk, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, no, it, it was Fava's and Kyle's, I okay. think. Okay. Yep. Uh, but he would. He, he, one of them had, like, they were playing Call of Duty, and they had, like, our stream. Like, they were watching it as they were playing it while the right. stream was going on, like, <laughs> in the room right below uh, where he was playing, which is a strange thing to and see. And he was
0: making a TikTok saying, OK, Boomer, uh, yeah. as he was playing <laughs> Call right. of Duty. Every I time believe. he got a
1: kill, he'd say, OK, Boomer.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. Should we get to the juicy stuff here? Death Stranding. Yeah. Shirley Vasquez, I don't want you to monologue here. Uh, but I will. No. I'm I'm just fascinated. I think we can all jump in on this by – we talked about it last week. Like the silence and the deafening silence of people playing Death Stranding but not talking about it. Because the frustrating thing was behind the scenes I was hearing a lot of people saying, F this game. This game effing sucks. Uh, don't do it as a game club. And so I thought it was going to be a disaster. And mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe I just talked to Dan Reichert too much.
2: Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's the baseline core of a lot of your personal problems. Is that right? Issues, I, <laughs> I love, that way. love Dan Reichert.
0: Uh, but then it's amazing because, like oh, it's at an 84 Metacritic. And it seems like there are those people for sure that love it, in with people just flabbergasted thinking, what the hell is this thing? I mean,
1: it's the, it's the it feels divisive for a game. Uh, which is weird, to see, like a major budget game. Because, like, the lowest score that I saw was like a, were from a major outlet, was like a 6 8 from IGN. Okay. And then I saw, I, I don't think any, like, major, major outlet gave it a 10, but I, I saw several nines.
0: Game, yeah, GameSpot gave it a 9. Mike yeah. Maharty over there, yeah.
2: Uh, I believe it was Cali. But exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mike, who also goes by Cali. Again, uh-huh. too much
2: time with Dan Reichert.
1: <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I gave it an eight, which is, it, it feels like it's a good encapsulation of where I'm at with it. And where's I, your review at, by the way? Uh, fanbyte.com. You can find cool. it there. Um, I also have like a, a tips guide going up pretty soon about what, both of those spoiler free, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, but I, I, it's a game of real highs and lows for me. Um, and not just because you're climbing mountains and stuff. Uh, oh. But I think. It's weird. I think my, my major takeaway is that I love the major, the, like, the core mechanic of it, which is just, like, walking from point A to point B, which is interesting. Because of the scenery or what's... No, because, like, they, they gamify hiking in a in a really interesting way. Um, so as you're walking, you're carrying all this cargo, you're constantly, you know, having to hold the triggers down to make sure you don't, like, you know, cascade one way or the other.
0: So as you're walking for the 60 hours of this game or whatever, you're holding on the trigger it the depends on how time. much
1: well like I said it depends on a number of things so if you're holding a ton of car if you're holding like a hundred kilograms of cargo and you have no way to support that you're gonna be like feeling like you would if you were carrying you know 100 kilograms of cargo and I'm saying kilograms because that's how they measure it um, but France. you can get you can get things like uh power skeletons which like make it so you can carry more cargo and if that's the case and you can just run however you want but there's things like running walking uphill might might force you to like Go move more slowly and hold the triggers down. If you're going downhill, like the way that you gain momentum as you're walking downhill. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you do. And so you can either like hold the buttons down to slow down or what I did, or I don't know if this is a trick or intentional, was that you can feather the, the triggers every once in a while to kind of. Uh, leverage yourself, but not slow down hmm. so you can kind of leverage it But if you mess up you'll trip and fall over and your cargo will scatter everywhere and they have um, a lot of tools that you can use So you can you know set down ladders um, you can set down climbing anchors um, There's a the, you can have you have like a little tray that you get later on that's like a hover cart that you can just load a cargo onto. Um And that stuff Gamifies the idea of like I'm delivering something to another place. You can get motorcycles things like that.
0: Yeah, okay, so Jeff, I'm, I'll let you be a barrier and I won't look at Surreal and you tell me if this is a spoiler. I don't believe it is. But no, 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 I think we're good here. We're, we're good. Trust me. I want to ask Surreal. You tell me if it's okay. Okay. If on a scale of one to ten, where this game lands as far as surprises. Like if I've been following the pre-release coverage, do I understand mm-hmm. what this game is? Can you ask Surreal that, please? Uh what he just said.
1: Yeah, I think you do have you you do have a pretty good idea of what the game so is. So on the scale, it's like a three? Uh I mean th- it depends on what you mean by surprises. Like if th- there are some twists in the story, okay. Uh but in terms of like, oh, I didn't know the game was going to be like this. Yes, There's not a whole lot of that. So
2: Interesting. Are we we are done with, oh, I don't know, what Death Stranding's about. It's so mysterious, right? And not yeah. even beyond just like the, I don't the think- fact that the game is out like after everyone plays it, is yeah. that is that idea going to I don't evaporate? think it's as mystifying as the marketing made it out to okay. be. yeah. That's so, so, think, so you
3: know what it's about. You understood the plot? Well, it's, yeah. about,
2: it's about Brexit,
3: right? It's <laughs>
2: right. A, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, I
1: think part of what makes it so mystifying is that he does, like, Kojima does play with a lot of, like, evocative imagery, and that's, like, one of, one of my, like, favorite parts about it is that you, there's just a lot of really good cinematography here that you can... I'm, I'm excited to see... The breakdown of like here's what this symbol like when like when this shot was showing this way it's a reference to this thing and it symbolizes right. this there will be a lot of that but I think it on symbolizes a
0: basic... that Kojima watched that movie recently mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly
1: uh, <laughs> I think it it does struggle with a lot of the stuff that um kind of made Metal Gear kind of hard to follow um and it 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 suffers more so than Metal Gear because with Metal Gear I think one of the cool things about it was that like it was very silly and you see all these ad hoc like concepts kind of come in and it feel it felt like you were writing along with him because he was kind of making it up as he went, sort of like a, like a TV show, right? Um, but there was always this kind of feeling of, well, what would he do if he could start fresh? And I mean, my takeaway was that he'd basically do the same thing of just introduce a lot of proprietary words for things that you already know. (laughs) Like he uh, he uses like different terms for body and soul that are like a reference to like Uh, Egyptian culture. But he just everyone just uses that instead of instead of whatever. There's a lot of like new terminology that you have to learn in order just to follow conversations.
2: I just I the you s- summarize Kojima I feel like perfectly in yeah. proprietary words for things you already know it's <laughs> yeah. like that is Kojima 101 like yeah
0: so, and th- so, so <laughs> it
1: feels like you're and it, I feel like they, they're doing it to make the story sound more intricate than it is because it's not right um, huh. but I, I don't want to go it's just th-
0: hate you're hiking here. You're trying to reconnect the United States. I mean, it's, yeah, it's
1: what they told you. You're, you're, yeah. You are Sam Bridges, son of uh, Bridget Bridges, and you're trying to connect the United Cities of America uh-huh. after the United States was destroyed by the Death Stranding. Right. And you're trying to use that by connecting everyone to the chiral network, which is just Wi-Fi, uh, oh.
0: from, the, from
1: the East Coast to the West Coast.
0: So do you remember there was a moment where... Oh, is it a PSX? I forget what it was. But Mark Cerny, who's a producer on this game, also system architect for PS4, all that fun stuff, goes back to Crash and Spyro, obviously, Marvel Madness. Mark Cerny, everybody. But <laughs> so he's, he's, more he's a producer on Death Stranding. And I remember he introduced a trailer or had like an interview with Kojima. And at some point, he's like, I know these trailers are confusing, but I mean, I've Played the game, and it makes complete sense, everybody. And so that is the overall takeaway of, like, even you go back to the original trailer, and it's like, yeah, okay.
1: yeah, It's weird stuff, but it's
0: not like, what is this?
1: Yeah, it it doesn't... I mean, it's not like a super, like, straightforward plot, but it doesn't feel like, oh, okay, there's all these, you know, here's all these different layers to it, and it it doesn't feel abstract or anything like that. Is
0: the world cool?
1: I I like it. It's a very... It feels like a very different game from a lot of AAA open world games now, um, because combat is like for for most of my time in the first area I didn't really see a whole lot of combat like I didn't I didn't really fire a gun until like several hours in hmm. which was kind of cool to see and I and except for a couple of sections where they kind of force you you don't really have to use guns at all um and I think besides that I think the best way to imagine this game is like Metal Gear Solid Five, I think, is a pretty good starting point for you know what this game is, um, but it does build on that in some interesting ways. I think one of my favorite parts about it is um, they they very they kind of gloss over it in a lot of the marketing, but the fact that oh yeah, other people might be able to leave behind ladders and stuff for you yeah. to, for you to tie like that is a major part of this game. Hmm. Um, so the Chiral Network is is like a combination of Wi-Fi and kind of like a 3D printing network. So like when you you can you have this item that lets you manufacture things like here's a bridge. That that lets you cross this river, but you'll see someone else's, uh, like, when, when you're in sort of, what wi- when you have Wi-Fi, basically, you can see other people's objects, mm-hmm. and so, like, if if you're walking past an area, you might see, oh, here's a, a bridge that I can use that someone else laid down, and so uh, your first, uh, so because you are connecting everyone to the chiral network, they don't have Wi-Fi, so your first ex- excursion into a new outpost will be kind of, like, very isolated, very, like you know the, the rugged mountaineer but as soon as you connect it to Wi-Fi you'll see all these objects that will help you back down basically
0: then it's just Jeff Keeley, Conan Palooza right. everyone's there it's a big uh, old party on Wi-Fi Maybe yeah. yeah. Edgar Wright is in the game too
2: actually uh, I don't uh, no, the director
0: of the Metal Gear Solid movie I think is in it as well oh Jordan Vote Robin. yeah you mean the movie that'll never happen yeah that, <laughs> okay. that
1: movie that is yeah um, so I think that part is really cool because it, it does allow you to, to establish like this really strong narrative that also ties into the story where it's like oh we you need to you need other people help to get through this like there is adversity here and you are trying to connect people again um and that stuff happens when you see like hey here's this guy that i've been following the entire time. And he's always been one step ahead of me, but he's been laying down some really good areas. Yeah. And you can do some of that stuff on your own. Like one of my favorite moments in a game this year was like this totally systemic thing where I was climbing this like snow capped mountain. And you know, it was really, it was like one of the toughest excursions I, I, I had
0: meaning balancing.
1: Yeah. So like you're going up snow in a snow and it's like just complete whiteout. You can't see in front of you basically Mm -hmm. more than a few feet. And so once I connected that outpost, I saw like two zip lines, um, and they weren't – they were – like, ziplines are really strong in this game because they, they're, like, the fastest way you can move. But you have to have both of them set up, like, both ends of them. Like, someone has to build both ends. Sure. Um, but these particular ziplines weren't – were too far away to actually work. Um, and the way it works is that you can like something and someone else is left behind. And that like is, like, an experience system that lets you um, – basically, like, it, it makes the game easier if you have a lot of likes. Sure. Um, like life. Yeah. And they t- and uh, so that that was a thing. And so though both of those outposts had a lot of likes, but I, I had a thing that could make a zipline and I basically made it knowing that uh, I would never use it. It would like no one would ever like it because in order to uh, use in order to like my zipline, they would have to get to my point in the zipline, get off of my zipline, like my zipline, get back on it and then keep going. Uh-huh. So it was like this thing that cost me you know, resources and stuff, but, and it was kind of thankless. But I felt like, you know, there was this part of me that was like, I'm doing, I am paying it forward because, you know, these people have left me bridges, have left me ladders yeah. and stuff. And so I am doing my part to help people out. And I right. hope that people, you know, benefit from it. And it's like, there's a strong sense of, of like, it, it can be selfish, you know, like I want this ladder to get a lot of likes because I thought of a good location. And then you, like, I planted a bridge thinking like, this is like a major way to cross this canyon. And then I ran, you know, several like uh, feet the other way. And there was like another bridge that someone else that that had like 60,000 likes. And I was like, well, great. No. Nah, I'm screwed yeah Um. but th- I think that social element is such a like a major component in that game and yeah I, that was like one of my favorite like core
0: parts about how it. how many hours did it take before it feels like it clicked because I hear that like oh play 10 hours and then you'll yeah. you'll get in the groove of this of this weird thing
1: I think that'll vary between people because I think for me it clicked pretty quickly because I think I remember when we watched that first trailer where it was like oh like when everyone was coming on ar- around to the conclusion that Oh, is this game just a game where you're just delivering stuff? Right. Like in the office, it seemed people were pretty dismissive about it. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, and I was like one of the people. Was like that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of like that. There's not a whole lot of combat. If anything, I think the 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 shooting, the actual like combat part, I think is the worst part of it. And hmm. I think the 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 sections where you're forced to do it are like the game's worst parts for me. Uh, which sucks because like they're some of the most pivotal
0: plot points. Just mechanically, it feels bad.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, there's not a whole lot to it. It's like it doesn't feel bad. It's just like the the, the gameplay basically comprises of you throwing grenades made up of your bodily fluids and shooting um, bullets that are made with your blood, basically.
2: If you don't, want, don't shake your head derisively, Jeff Markiophala. Uh,
3: well, <laughs> you said it's not like abstract or anything, and, and like you totally understand everything that's going on, and then it's like, yeah, bodily fluid grenades. Yeah, and I mean, they, but they, explain, they and...
1: explain that like basically, you know, Sam has a has, is his body is special or whatever. Um, but and then you the way you get those grenades is by using the bathroom all the time, and then you'll eventually they'll give you these little okay. vials that you can throw. All up. right, everybody. Um.
0: Uh. Jeff, Are you gonna play this game?
3: Uh. I'll check it out. Really? Sure. You love Microsoft Five, right? Um. No. Mhm. It was, it was my favorite one though. Okay. Like I I think the format, the story is very weird and everything like that. That's fine, but the actual core gameplay, you know, was open world stealthy stuff which i liked so i'm i don't like hate kojima or anything like that i i think the games just don't click as much for me but i'm always willing to try out something that's a little weird or off the beaten
0: path somebody wrote in on the patreon and asked hey i don't mind a slow game i like the slow burn of red dead redemption 2 is that the flavor of Person that will maybe appreciate Death Stranding. I mean, it feels it definitely feels a lot more like
1: arcadey. For as much as I say, like, oh, there's all these different elements to climbing. Like those those hover carts that I mentioned earlier, you can ride on top of them and like slide down mountains like a skateboard, like or like <laughs> snowboard. It's uh-huh. like there's a lot of gaminess to it. So it's not like a thing where you know, like your default walk speed is super slow. It's just that. Like, what you're doing is climbing things in a way that, like, most games you just kind of, like, sprint past or, like, press the jump button and you press the jump button twice and you're over, like, most of a mountain already. Yeah. So, that that stuff makes you work for it. And I think when you, like, there are really cool moments when you finally get to the top of that mountain, for example, like that snowy mountain, and you see, like, this huge vista, you feel like you earned that that view more than in most games. Yeah. Um, and one one other thing I do want to point out is, is that as much as I don't like combat, I think he they do iterate on stealth in an interesting way, where it kind of feels backwards. Where before in Metal Gear Solid Five, you would scamp out and like camp out an area and see like here are all the guys I'm going to go in and follow my game plan. Whereas here, all the BTS are basically invisible. These are uh, the monster ghosty yeah. things. So you're kind of working with very limited information, and they game, of, and you know how like in Metal Gear you'd have the thing where it's like, oh, I'm just kind of looking at the radar. That's basically what you do here, but they they in, integrate it into the world because you know the the little like flowery thing that you saw in the trailer, that's the thing that's constantly letting you know there's a BT close by. Like keeping you're basically watching that thing constantly to make okay. sure that you're not getting killed. Yeah. And I think that's, that stuff is really good, but um, the story didn't really click for me um, overall. It's. I think it's actually surprisingly well acted. I think okay. um, Norman Reedus and like most of the most of that celebrity cast, um, I think do a really good job. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's character is maybe the weakest one, but it's because they use a sound alike.
0: So is it just jarring because you expect to hear del Toro's oh, voice? I mean, come but out also like
1: he does a lot of exposition. He like he does a lot of like the like here's how this works and here's how yeah, this. works. Yeah, the one cutscene
0: they really seem dumb.
1: Yeah, and there's like a I don't know if it's the same one, but it's like uh there's a cutscene later on where it, that feels like he makes his character feel kind of like unintentionally creepy. Um, huh. but, uh, yeah, for the most part, I think the, the celebrities do a really good job, but I think the like, Way to go the overall plot of like, I'm going to like, here's the, who he, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to do a bad guy thing. Like that stuff doesn't, isn't super interesting, but there are some themes in there that I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Like the idea yeah. of like, this world is kind of messed up and you know, <laughs> like how, how they kind of resolve that issue in the long term I think is actually uh-huh. works out really well, but there's a lot of plot points where you're like, this is kind of dumb.
0: Yeah. But what, uh, this thing's long as hell.
1: Yeah, so it depends um, on how much time you spend with side activities, which is just actually a thing that kind of weighed it down for me a little bit, because the good parts of this game are climbing a new mountain, and they eventually have you making deliveries to the same areas, you know, going down the same path over and over again. And I think that that game, that makes the game more exhausting than it, than it would in other games, where it's like, oh, the combat's really good, but it's like you're just doing the same encounter, you know, with like a mountain, basically, over and over again. That kind of you know tears away at a lot of like the the grandeur of like oh I kind of I got to climb this mountain again yeah um so like in that first area I would suggest like there it's a real hinterland situation where you can get stuck doing a lot of quests if you're like the kind of obsessive like I got to do everything here you could be we don't over... like those
0: kinds of people here at Minex yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we
1: you could spend up you can end up spending so much time there that you kind of get really frustrated with the like the basic systems so I would just encourage you to just take the You know, take the optimal path, do a a few side missions if you need them, yeah, uh, and then move on. Because the one thing I will say is that a lot of your resources won't carry over long-term without Mm. spoiling too much. So don't worry too much about amassing a ton of resources in any one area.
0: Uh, Kyle, predict right now where this game will land on your top ten list Hmm. for 2019.
2: Six. It's going to be number six? I'm... the sort of divisive nature of the reviews, like, I haven't read any reviews, but seeing the scores and stuff, like, makes me weirdly more excited about it. Is there a like, reason you haven't read reviews? Because I don't want to know anything about the game until I play it. Yeah. I, th- today I've learned more about the game than I intended. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Sarah. I Cyril. apologize. Oh. So. It's okay. No, I mean, the same totally game, fun. I wanted the to wifi. kind of go in
0: somewhat fresh yeah. with you for this conversation, mm-hmm. so I hear that Dan Reichert lost his mind on the Beast cast, like, I haven't listened to that yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still super excited. I cannot wait for
1: Friday. That specifically kind of bothered me a little bit because oh, I, I was trying to go in blind and, and like you know to have my form my own impressions yeah. and he was like he was he thought he was very sly about it I'm like I'm gonna talk around oh before like, his yeah before, before he really before unloaded. you people were talking about yeah, the impressions what, what was he saying because he was talking about Red Dead and it's like oh yeah I guess I could see now like basically part of he we was talking about, like yeah I guess you know maybe I was wrong about Red Dead or whatever that I understood it as to be a slight against Death Stranding it was like okay Dan doesn't like it that, that when he so was wait, he about, said
0: something like I thought Red Dead was slow like something like that
1: basic something to that effect okay. right
0: uh so he, okay
1: dan um, but you know whatever like it's fine uh dan's a great guy but,
0: <laughs> we all love uh, dan's it. a great guy but is actually gonna be on his tombstone
2: <laughs> uh, but so. that,
1: i mean that was a thing though. yeah but um yeah I, I i like it a lot there's i think you know i have my caveats with it but i think it's it has a pretty good chance of being on my top 10 i haven't really gone around gotten around to making it but it'll it'll probably be on there
0: yeah uh, Kyle Hilliard uh, mm. let's go from spooky to spooky oh. uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 we streamed the first hour and a half in yeah, the Great Cody Hunt experts on all right. Tuesday yeah, yeah, yeah we fun. got it um, but uh, you've been playing and also watching your family yeah. play a lot kind of absorbing Luigi's Mansion
2: Most mostly watching yeah, sucking it ultimately. in ultimately <laughs> yes. yeah my wife and uh, child played through it like in one marathon session and I watched them play most of it and then would would step in and play occasionally like yeah? when the boss the boss fights are particularly frustrating. Oh really? So I would like help out with the boss fights Hard just or just annoying? Um I mean they can be hard. It, I think the thing that makes them feel so much harder is like the rest of the game is pretty breezy. Yeah. Which is good. Like it's a good thing about that game is that it's like it's a really good co-op game. It's a really good game for playing with a kid. And then like the one bo-
0: person's Guiji?
2: Yeah, Guiji <laughs> is basically like invincible and genuinely helpful. Which hmm. is, like, the nice bonus, because there's a lot of times when you're playing, like, co-op with a kid where, like, the bonus character w- won't really serve a purpose, and they're just getting in the way. But Gooigi is helpful, and dying, like, doesn't matter, like, it, which makes it good. So then, like, when most of the game is breezy and fun and puzzle-solving and just fantastic animation and stuff like that, when the boss fights do ramp up the difficulty a little bit, it is kind of like, oh, wait, where's this coming from, Yeah, you know? What do you think is the best Luigi's Mansion? So I'm not a big, like, Luigi's Mansion expert. Like, I have only dabbled in one and two. What? The yeah, hell okay. does that surprise you but I, I really like I really like what I played and saw of three to the point where like even though I saw the full game, I saw the end boss and everything. Yeah. I want to go back and just play it on my own, um, at least for a while. Just because I it's I love my the the thing that I love about it so much is just the animation is so freaking charming. Yeah. Like everything Luigi does is just like funny and fun and like the way all, all the different ghosts you can find and stuff all like are weird and, and move and strange. It's just ways, fun to so, like, see. Yeah.
0: Nintendo... You know, next level games but Nintendo yeah. just be so creative with creating new character designs and stuff we we're talking about a little, little bit on the stream yeah just how you having... still hate
2: toads right
0: yeah and there's just like <laughs> you know they're in the game
2: but the fact yeah. this is oh here's some new creativity it's not just recycling these characters yeah. over and over and over again yeah but it's just it's just silly and it's like that fun kind of creepy you know like that I it's like eerie I guess you could I don't know I don't know how to describe it. it's not scary it's not a scary game but it's like a it's a spooky game I don't know it's weird you're giving me this weird look. well I think you need to think about your words a little bit more. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, what
0: do you you mean? Are you scared? Have you ever had a little bit of a jump or
2: just like it's fun to see cartoon scary? I think I like cartoon scary. Like I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of like spooky children's entertainment. Like like movies like Coraline or like Paranorman or something like that. It's like a good barometer of like creepy but still fun. Like I like like that kind of stuff. Like I've always liked that kind of stuff. And Luigi's Mansion, it's all about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we were laughing on the stream. It's just It is endlessly funny to me how scared Luigi is of everything (laughs) all the time. Three games in, he's still petrified of everything. And there's something so simple and funny about that idea of this guy just being the world's biggest coward. I think it's just because he's alone. Like he's not usually alone, right? But
2: even in the beginning, yeah, he's still scared. Lobby. Yeah, he's, he's just like, entering this hotel. <laughs> a donut which is falls off a table yeah. and he's freaking out. Uh, <laughs> he's doing his weird stiff yeah. Luigi moves. He's got an anxiety problem, and you guys are making light of this. I, mean, I it's, think it's we hilarious. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we hope it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't wait for the sequel. Yeah, yeah. which is I think Metacritic currently higher than Death Stranding. I yeah. think Mike Drucker yeah. was tweeting Hell about yeah. that, which made me laugh really hard. Is like oh, 86, and Death Stranding is 84. Which well, the reason it's
0: funny is because. In the in the tweet from Mike
2: Drucker, he had the Luigi death stare like oh, passing by right. in Mario. <laughs> yeah, this is a very, very right, good, yeah. really good move. Uh, but yeah, I like I like what I played, and uh, I'm. It's weird. I wonder if that's going to be like in the same way Fire Emblem is now a major Nintendo franchise. Like Luigi's Mansion has always been kind of this tertiary, secondary franchise that people like, but it's you know not like one that people are super excited about. But it seems like the Switch version. I'm just. Tons of screenshots and memes all over the internet. I'm, I bet it's selling pretty well. Oh, I bet you know? so. Like
0: Dark Moon sold really, really well on 3DS. It's one of like yeah. the highest selling 3DS games, and I'm sure nobody in the world uh, bought the remake of the first game on 3DS. Uh, I, but I
2: did actually. After, did you really? After the kid enjoyed three so much, we went and got the 3DS one.
0: In the year of our Lord 2019, mm. you're going to go back and make your wonderful daughter play a 3DS game like a monster. She she put it down very quickly and said it feels old. Really? <laughs> yeah. Ouch. <laughs> That'll teach you. <laughs> buying <laughs> gifts, you goon. I'm so fascinated thinking about next level games in general. Uh, they're up there in Vancouver, I believe. But like in the age of first parties buying up studios, trying to acquire as much talent as possible, I went back because I was confused about this. but. In 2014, Next Level Games just gave interviews where they said, like, yeah, we're we're still independent, but we're just always going to work with Nintendo. It's like this weird deal where basically Nintendo owns them, has all the advantages of having this really talented studio crank out these games. Like, you know, they did uh, Punch-Out on Wii, stuff like that, like the Mario Strikers soccer games yeah. and whatnot. Uh, but just I love the idea. It's like, ah, like it's an unstable industry. Uh, We have a lot of talented developers here, and Nintendo's stable, so we'll just keep working with them. And Nintendo's like,
2: yeah, have at it. Have all these franchises. mm -hmm. Nintendo just, they do not buy studios, right? They're just not interested in that sort of business model, right? Well,
0: I wonder what the history of retro is. Do they own retro? Yeah.
2: Okay. For sure they own retro. one of the few, right? Everyone else is just contracted out for specific projects.
0: Right, right. It's weird. Yeah, but this way it just works out for everybody. And I was going back and looking at quotes from a Sutra article. Um, and Jason Carr, one of their co-founders, just says, we are doing only Nintendo products now. We've worked with a lot of other companies before. Like, they, remember they made that Captain America game?
2: Oh, people mm-hmm. liked that game. Yeah, they yeah. did.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was just basically Marvel's take on Arkham Asylum, but like, you know, mm-hmm. seven five ish <laughs> um, And we're super happy with our relationship with Nintendo. There's no reason to look anywhere else. They keep giving us better and better IP to work with, and as long as we do our job and make good games for them, there's no reason for us to venture out. Uh, and then he also said, I like this one, he says, uh, Miyamoto... Uh, always asks us, is the team having fun? Are they having fun making the game? It's really important that the team's enjoying themselves there because they feel, and I agree, that if you're miserable, it'll follow suit in your job. How are you supposed to make an engaging Nintendo game that's actually fun if the studio isn't having fun? Mm-hmm. Just though that you have Nintendo or Miyamoto calling them up every once in a while. Like, I know you guys are probably crunching your asses <laughs> off making. Luigi uh, frightened animations, but like, you're having a good time, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. We don't need to actually buy you and, yet? Okay, click. And they're
2: reacting like Luigi on the other line, like, oh, Miyamoto's calling Yeah, her. exactly. I mean, you got to look at like you know Captain America. Like, Mm -hmm. I bet that deadline was insane, right? Oh, because the movie, that movie, and then I I I bet working with Marvel, yep. And I assume that Nintendo is probably pretty is is at least better about deadlines, right? Because I I I just think that in general it seems like they are like they want games to take as much time as they need, you know?
0: Yeah, I remember it took forever for them to release the release date for Luigi's Mansion Three. Yeah, but in a way, it's almost a. Captain America situation, where it's like they got to release it on Halloween.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. you going to course, release this yeah.
0: December twelfth? Come on, get out of town. Next little, uh,
2: they released it on a Thursday, which is smart. And I don't know why more spooky games wouldn't come out on like a strange day to h- coincide with a holiday. But it's rare that you see a game not come out on a Friday or Tuesday, yeah, or Friday yeah, especially Nintendo games. Seems yeah. Like Friday is the the default there, or Sundays. Sundays is the other day they come out. It reminded me about
0: Monster Games, uh, like they co-developed Tropical Freeze. And then they also... Excite trucks. Yep, bots, all that stuff. Uh, And then they also did the 3DS port of Xenoblade. Mm. And they're in Minnesota. They're in Northfield, Minnesota. And they haven't released a Nintendo game since the Xenoblade 3DS port. They've been making NASCAR Heat 1 through 18 or whatever. Um, So I wonder if they're cooking up something big with Nintendo or Nintendo's cooling on them in general because it's been four years. Maybe they're helping out Mm. with retro since they were kind of... Sympatico with Retro, and so as Nintendo or as Retro theoretically has been through development hell trying to work on that new IP, or yeah. there was the rumor of the Star Fox racing game. Maybe they've just been like locked in step with that.
2: Yeah, I mean that seems like that seems like what they should be working on, right? If that Star Fox racing game does exist, like that seems like jam. they would have been the ones behind it. Right? Yeah,
0: you're right, or at least yeah, developing it some, at least. I mean, yeah. Jeff, can you go to Northfield, Minnesota, and? Uh, do that cool petition on move where you
2: on <laughs> scream outside. I mean, it's funny if you go to their website because like... It's so bad. You you would tr- like n- recently and in the past like I've always been like, oh, I want to talk to them, see what they're working on. And it's like, I don't think they even have like a contact form no. on their website. You it's go just to their website and it's
0: like, no, I'm not talking it, to it, these I, guys. I, just, I did,
2: yeah. It's just like an Excel doc of like here are the games we've made. Minmax.com
0: <laughs> is better than yeah, I mean, Monster Games' no website. Joke, for yeah. real,
2: yeah. And I mean, that works for them. They're... They're doing fine. They don't I, need a great front-facing website, but it's 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 odd that it's like oh you guys are kind of unreachable, even though I could probably drive to your office. But maybe it's like yeah, we got those Nintendo contracts or NASCAR. Like those are two
0: pretty stable things. We'll yeah, just, you know, why take time to update our website? <laughs> Honestly, when they're not like hustling, yeah, uh, you know yeah. why not? Um, yeah, I I did reach out to them at Game Informer, and they said like ah we don't. We don't talk to the outside world. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to take us New going phone, over who there. Does. Yeah, exactly. I think Kato went there a couple times. He did yeah. like, to learn about NASCAR. And yeah. I, of course, I begged him for info. And he said, Ah, it's just an office. Like, what? <laughs> but it's an office where they ported Xenoblade. It's here. I don't think Cotto tickled by a port of Xenoblade to the Man. 3DS. Um, hey, speaking of uh, standing outside and protesting, uh, hey, BlizzCon. <laughs> Yay. BlizzCon happened mm-hmm. uh, on Friday, a uh, big opening ceremony. What was your guys' reaction? Uh, let me let me tip my hand. It seemed like everyone was preparing for a big old S show and a lot of protests. And then, like, I even saw the story, but like protesters were starting to gather outside BlizzCon because of the whole Hong Kong thing. And then it didn't amount to much. And now the internet's just like, woohoo, Blizzard 4, Overwatch 2. It does feel like a lot of the BS. Blizzard has just gotten away with. And somebody wrote in um, asking, like, what do, you, what do you do? What do you do in this situation when a company like Blizzard uh, clearly kowtows to China and then, hey, turns out uh, not many people care. The internet has a shorter attention span than you think. Yeah.
3: And when you show up with the goods of, you know, yeah. the games that people are waiting for, it's like everybody acquiesces yeah. to right. stuff. You
2: stuff. Know? I feel like the new attitude is like, well, we shouldn't diminish what those people have been working on which is true you know, and which that's, is that's true. what i deal with yeah, yeah.
0: it's a tough time because it's like yeah i there's a lot of incredibly talented designers that are busting their ass making blizzard 4 and making really smart design decisions and they're still one of if not the best developer out there yeah and they had nothing to do with you know whatever decisions led to right you know, junk getting but I just i do whatever. hope
1: that
2: it's not forgotten you know yeah. what i mean like it sucks what happened uh,
0: but i think you know? maybe it'll just be relegated to yeah you'll see a couple comments on every youtube video or every article just about like F.U. Blizzard. That's While they're it.
2: laughing to the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. The thing that you saw, I I saw shared a lot was a lot of people being like, "Hey, can I recover my Overwatch account that I deleted?" Oh, uh, really? In protest? Is there any way to get back my stuff after deleting my account? <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's hard not. It, it's a little frustrating just because
1: their apology at the show itself was like very like non-committal. Of like, "Hey guys, we will vaguely acknowledge that there was some negative sentiment and we could have done better."
0: Okay, thanks everybody. Enjoy the show. Like, but even it, then, like people lapped it up. Yeah. So Jalen Brack just got out there and he said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we reacted too quickly. Uh, we didn't do right by the community." Hey, get ready for some games. And everyone's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, good apologies. It, it was like, like, like the kind minute, of vague... He's not saying anything.
1: It was so vague. They didn't announce like, hey, look, besides the thing that we've already done, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to announce a new policy change. We're not going to apologize, really. We're just going to say like, hey, some bad things may have happened. Who knows who could have been responsible?
2: There's no way of knowing. Yeah, there's no way yeah. of
1: knowing. Like, they, they didn't like prescribe anything of like, hey, moving forward, we're going to like make sure that people can speak their minds and like, oh, like they just kind of had a lot of like... Yeah, we at Blizzard uh, value, you know, like your uh we value f- expression and things like that w- without really any force behind it to really reinforce anything that they might say to support that. So it's yeah. it was frustrating for that weekend for sure. Um, but what are you going to do?
0: I mean, if you're in the crowd, you can go, boo, and then it's just like, well. What are you going to do? How are you going to hold these people accountable? By the way, it was Acorn Gaming that, that wrote in mm. just saying, like, how do you combat this? How do you yeah. combat I mean, somebody
1: getting away with this? Im- Imran wrote you – know, Imran Cotton, uh, formerly of Game Informer, wrote a thing while he was at Game Informer about, like, the, the THQ scandal. That's right. It's yes. a great example. And yeah. and, and how, like – his, his, his larger point was, like, you know, he took them to task for it for, like, hosting an AMA on HN. But his larger point was, like, we just – we need to continue holding these companies accountable for that kind yes. of stuff because, you know – people do have short-term memories like they do forget and everyone just kind of seems to acknowledge, quietly acknowledge it as like, hey you know they'll they'll add it at the end of like a news story or something like recently this company was involved in whatever. you might
0: remember the name Blizzard yeah from exactly. such news stories and as... then
1: that'll be the end of it um yeah. and like that that has stuck with me um and but I am again not sure like w- besides continuing to voice dissent in that form, I think of saying like hey you know, blizzard did this thing and it's kind of messed up that they did that um it's hard to like i i don't want to like outright say like hey like it is morally irresponsible to not play to like play blizzard games or something because like i don't know that that's necessarily the right answer but you know i think as long as i think that we continue to make them aware that we that Part of us is disappointed in them about that. Yeah. I, I would mm-hmm. hope that it's not something where the you know by the end of the year they're going to announce hey, like we're we we solved the problem. Um, I think it's more <laughs> of a long term thing of like making sure that that is always that. I would hope that they learn from this going forward, and then we continue to make sure that they that they do know that you know people are disappointed in them about that, and or that, that they're
0: it, at least watching them, yeah. right? right? That they will have another blow the, up if they yeah. pull some S again. But I mean, I mean, what could they do? I mean, even. In future interviews with Jalen Brack or anybody at Blizzard, if somebody in the press brings that up, like "What the hell was all that?" they go, i oh, no, we released a statement. Did you see the statement? It said that yeah. this had that the Chinese government had no bearing on this on these decisions." Like,
3: yeah, which is a great message of like, "Well, don't worry, don't worry, fans. Like our decision to speak out against freedom of speech and." democracy was all coming from us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Know, the like government, China the didn't, government didn't even all. need yeah. to proceed.
1: We, we, we bowed immediately. Right. Uh, so I think it is – If you are kind of like a frustrated consumer in that sense, I think it is important to continue voicing your descending however you can. And I think it's up to us to for people like us to continue to bring this stuff up and make sure that, you know, people are aware of it. And hopefully like the the hope is that in the long term, you know, people inside of Blizzard kind of take the message to heart, people who matter and like, you know, going forward it's a thing where it's like, look, we need to approach, you know, the never whatever this next situation is more carefully, having learned from what happened before. And so I think the best you can do is to just make sure that That Blizzard is aware of, you know, what you feel. And
0: clearly it's a learning computer uh, as a company Mm -hmm. overall because did not mention Diablo Immortal this year. It's like, (laughs) all right, took our (laughs) licks. and Now this year let's move on and actually announce some big things even if, as they say, all these games are a long ways away. Yeah,
3: and I think that the voicing dissent goes farther. Like people always say, oh, speak with your wallet. And it's like- I think voicing the dissent is better in these kind of situations, because all those games, Diablo 4, and, which isn't going to come out for years anyway, mm-hmm. you know, like, those games are all going to make money, and it's. I think it would be hard for any company to point and say, oh, well, this game didn't make as much money because of that China thing that we ran into right. you know, three years ago right. or whatever. Like speaking out and saying, hey, I'm a Blizzard fan. I'm really disappointed in this is going to do more. And it also gives the people in the company more leeway to say, Hey, this crap is blowing up. We were against it too. Like we can speak more truth to power about right. these kind of things than just saying, I'm not going to buy this game, which you totally are anyway. And mm-hmm. you, you you saw that in the fan reaction of like, yeah, we're mad about these things, but we still are really excited about Diablo or Overwatch right. or whatever. If, if I know? were a
1: disgruntled employee who wanted to bring a complaint like of like, hey, look, we need to be better about this. I think it would help me more to say like, here are direct complaints that I saw on Twitter, and like the the hashtag or whatever was blowing up, uh, versus like we only made like sixty three million dollars versus like sixty four million or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like that that especially that when you turn around and, and then
3: just point to the revenue that you're getting from the Chinese market, you know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, yeah, it, it's not voting with your wallet isn't going to work in that kind of situation. Like yeah. just tell them that you're disappointed. Yeah. Fre- and, right.
2: Frequent and consistent reminders. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah.
3: and when it blows up on social media like it does, you know, that's what gets a response and that's what at least gets them to turn around and say, okay, you know, we're giving the tournament money back or, right. you know, we're lessening yeah. the ban. And-,
1: and again, I'm not saying like you go out and protest every day for, uh, you know, at Blizzard's campus until you die. Like, I, I, it's, it's, let, it's more about... <laughs> no, like, we're
0: saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: uh, it's more about like letting that kind of disappointment simmer and not forgetting about it of yeah. just like every once in a while just be like being aware that that that, that did happen five but, years
0: from now. If somebody brings it up, I think it's going to be a oh, yeah, don't you exactly, think it's gonna be? Yeah, that? yeah absolutely, because that's, be, that's what it people, be, yeah. you
1: know, especially now, like it, that things move so quickly that, yeah, of course, people are going to forget. It's just, yeah, I mean, you, you got to do your best effort, right? <laughs> right, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying like everyone will remember this 10 years from now, yeah, but it's you know, do what you can,
0: and I think it's tricky, you know, being so emotionally attached to Game Informer and the folks at Game Informer. Like, I've been watching those comments so carefully to see like how much flag oh, is the, Game Informer for the getting cover reveal? Yeah. for reveal. Well, as Rosetta pointed out, that it's funny that the, the Game Informer covers says, the Blizzard issue, We're like, yeah, it's a Blizzard issue, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got an issue, um, but it's there's a couple comments, but it's not it's not as uh, overwhelming as I expected. It's just a lot of shut up during gameplay, I'm trying to watch Diablo 4. You know, it's just like the standard yeah. comments, right? And it's like, okay. Yeah. And right, if you and want them to shut up on. during gameplay, just let them know. <laughs> Frequent and consistent <laughs> reminder. That's right, you can turn that off at any yeah. point. Um, okay, seriously though, how about that Diablo 4? <laughs> uh, Jeff, <laughs> we should talk about it, right? Yeah. Uh, you're a big Diablo fan. Yeah. Uh, did you see anything that tickled your fancy? Um, you
3: know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I played Diablo 3 so many hours, and when I just heard that Diablo 4 was announced, it's like, what are they, you know, what are they going to do? Like, the game looks, Diablo 3 looks great, you know, how are you going to make more impressive visuals for that? And then yeah. I watched the gameplay, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's... Does it
0: really sound out to- I watched it, and I was like, I'm not disappointed in it, but it's like, yeah, it's about right. And I think it's an interesting angle to say, we're going to go back a little bit to Diablo 2, which, by the way, I was at Blizzard last year before BlizzCon, and like... That was absolutely their messaging for Diablo Immortal as well, was mm. we're pulling from Diablo 2. So it's weird now for Diablo 4 to be like, But bits doing of the it same messaging yeah. from Immortal? Yeah, yeah it's, it's it, like
1: Speaking of them reacting to feedback, it definitely feels like a, a counterpoint to people complaining about Diablo 3 being too colorful. And things
0: but like. again, I heard that crap bef- like when they first revealed Diablo 3, which was so long ago. Like now, I don't. it was like a very specific Blizzard fan that was like, F this, I want a darker Diablo. But apparently they're out there. And they messaged that, and that audience picked it up. Um, but that reveal trailer—it's like I'm not really into the darker tone in general. I don't like spooky things other than Luigi's Mansion. Uh, <laughs> that's but, your threshold for spooky, like that's any scarier right. in amount. Mm-hmm. That's right. But that image of like the blood forming that cape, mm-hmm. like that—that that lady, the Lady Diablo came out of—that is some of the coolest just concepts I've seen in a in a reveal trailer. Just. It looks so gross. Just yeah. having like a blood membrane. Oh, it looks like it's made out of skin or
1: something. Yeah, like yeah. that, that, Diablo, like that 10 minute Diablo 3 trailer or Diablo 4 trailer is like one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> like it's so, <laughs> it's like, it is so well done and like it speaks to such a like strong tone for that. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see if the game matches up to that at all. Uh, right. Because it's in that vein of like really highly produced trailers. Well, it's
0: weird that even in the gameplay, then, uh, you can check it out on Game Informer's YouTube channel. Um, that, like, they have cutscenes in the gameplay, like in transitions when you're going from mm-hmm. one place to the other, it'll just cut to like this good looking cutscene with your character, which is like, oh, that's pretty wild. And I think that's some legacy from uh, earlier versions of Diablo 4, which was codenamed Hades, I believe. Like, Jason Schreier Kotaku wrote an article about a year ago just talking about the trouble development of Diablo 4 in general and how many times it was getting rebooted and they scrapped an expansion Diablo to another expansion to Diablo 3 um and then the lead designer left at a certain point but they were experimenting back then even with uh creating a Diablo 4 that was like a dark Souls third person perspective like mm. behind the behind the shoulder and even as of last year apparently there was still mixed reporting on what camera perspective they' were gonna go for for Diablo 4 and then you see it it's like okay it's the standard Diablo, but yeah. maybe with some more cutscenes. maybe they'll move the camera in every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, and, and a better level
3: of detail to where if they do zoom in on stuff, it looks really good. Yeah, you know, for sure. Which yeah. wasn't always the case with... Diablo 3. I almost
1: wonder if it's not like a Borderlands situation where they were kind of afraid of like how do we one up Diablo 3 and then the answer is just like you just wait long enough people will just want the, the thing that you gave them before <laughs> yeah, again. And for then, sure. You know And obviously the art style is different but I imagine this won't be like some crazy reinvention of the formula you know.
0: Well just again not even going back to Diablo 3 but just pulling from Diablo 2 right. again then it's like oh even yeah. longer of a wait. I, I'm so on board for this. It's been 20 years. Uh, the director uh, Luis Barriga um he has old Activision roots, like some of the bad Crash Bandicoot games and stuff. But also, he was the lead des- bad
2: Crash <laughs> Yeah,
0: but he's also lead designer for your precious Spider-Man Two, Kyle.
2: Oh, isn't that exciting? One of the best games ever. I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but I yeah. love that game. That's fine. Uh,
0: focusing on PvP stuff like that for Diablo Four. Uh, it's weird noting the shift at BlizzCon and Blizzard audiences over- overall, overall, because this would have been a hullabaloo just four years ago, maybe. But them announcing that it's launching the same time on consoles as the PC version and the crowd was like, woo! It's like, oh boy. Like, honestly four years ago, like, people would have lost their minds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is like, in a bad re-
2: way, right? Like, yeah. Blizzard fans would have been upset that the game was coming to console. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I'm sure there's still people out there that are a little bit upset, but I think Diablo 3 and Reaper Souls yeah, and console console, like shifted yeah. things so
3: much. Yeah, yeah they've, they've done a good job with their console ports of the, you know, yeah. the games that they've been coming out with, and so, yeah. I guess it doesn't it doesn't feel like as much of a disgrace,
2: maybe. Right, right. It doesn't feel like a betrayal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Overwatch 2? Mm. PVE. That's fun. I'm not That's a big, fun. I'm not a big Overwatch guy. Do, oh, you, really? yeah. Do you think you'll play through that campaign? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I will I will be, I'm more interested in that than doing any more multiplayer. I sure. mean, I hit a wall in the original Overwatch after hitting, what, level 25, and I was like, sure. hey, I think I got it. I'm good, yeah. you know. I really
0: like the original Overwatch. I, I am just stunned by their approach to a sequel. I think it's incredibly interesting, the idea of keeping the PvP pool as the same. And so the only reason, as far as I can tell, where you'd buy Overwatch 2 is to have that PvE content. And it's just like a weird, bizarre approach to a sequel. And, you know, there were interviews where Jeff Kaplan, the director, was even talking about what a tough sell that was within Activision Blizzard to have a sequel where it's like, well, you don't really need to buy it. Like, you can play with the new characters and new maps and stuff if you just have Overwatch 1. But it's a really cool, unique structure But it almost is the best of all these worlds now, right? Where it's like, okay, Overwatch 1 fans, you can still play, you're not going to lose your progress. Also, if there's a game on a shelf called Overwatch 2, you're going to dupe a lot of people into buying it. Mm. And then your hardcore fans would probably be like, yeah, it's been four years, I'm willing to buy another Mm -hmm. Overwatch anyway. So it's like, are you really losing that much by keeping that player pool exactly the same? Is it it, going to
2: be a $60 game?
1: I, 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 would yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine it would be f- so. forty or sixty dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's an interesting. Like they mentioned that. Oh yeah, we want to redefine what it means to be a sequel. And like, I, my gut reaction is to say, like, yeah, maybe. Like, how much of a sequel is this? Because it just feel like part of me does feel like it, this could have been an expansion pack that you paid for. But you know, obviously, like you said, they want to have that too on there to mm-hmm. to uh, you know kind of bring back interest. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. I'm not like crazy over the moon because I was like one of those people who were like, I'm okay with them just characterizing the characters outside of it because it's, you know, I don't want them to to like have to hamstring a bunch of gameplay into these characters' development. Um, but I I that push mode seems kind of interesting. Um, I don't like a lot of the new character looks but I don't know it's like,
0: very th- subtle when they said yeah. we redesigned all these characters it's like well it's tough to redesign characters when you've released dozens of skin for all these characters but yeah. it's like alright I guess like I can for, see like for Tracer specifically
1: and May I think I had to I would have to look at them side by side so like, okay, that's the new one okay yep. cool they get, like, so, haircuts. So, is so it has changed like Mercy's was the most notable because uh, she had like a very different hairstyle okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. like you see Winston is just like okay, oh okay I guess
2: yeah he's a chimpanzee it now is, yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's a different mm-hmm yeah, yeah. Oh, and cool. like
1: uh, the biggest difference with like Reinhardt is that his helmet is off. But there was uh, a skin where you could take. Yeah, it. His... Okay. but now it's now it's based. You get that for free now. If no, you it I,
0: you're missing this bullet point. All the heroes have new looks, Kyle. Oh, yeah. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. Completely yeah. different. That
1: is actually a cool, like, point is that if you buy Overwatch 2, you get to keep all of the cosmetic stuff. Like, you you don't have to – it doesn't sacrifice that part of it at all. So, which right. Is, right. Which it's is a nice. very smart move on their sense. But, like, this is – I'm less excited for this sequel than if they had said, like, hey, we're, we are changing up the gameplay enough that the yeah. two versions are not compatible. Like, that's what I would have wanted to see is just, like right. – Things like mantling or, you know, like some sort of, like – physical change to how you play Overwatch mm. that makes it feel new. Yeah. Um, but that too. Right. Uh
0: yeah, because they were there were hints, you know, in job postings a while ago about them hiring for uh, somebody who could design vehicles for a first person game. And so everyone thought that, that was Overwatch too. But now, again, thanks to Jason Trier over Kotaku, maybe that was actually for the StarCraft First-person game that they ended up canceling, but they were making like a StarCraft in the vein of like a Battlefield, yeah. and that got canceled. By the yeah. way, it really bummed me out when Brat came on stage during BlizzCon. He's like, "Where's the Horde?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, where's the Alliance?" Yeah, and then he goes, "Where's my Zerg, Terran, and Protoss at?" And I was like, yeah. like it was just like <laughs> four people in the back of the room, like, "Oh Christ, no." Don't let them know yeah. that there's not enough people playing StarCraft. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I think, you know, as much as I would have wanted something new and different, I'm sure they have, like, they have, you know, fire in their hands. They don't they, they don't want to, like, change things just for the sake of changing it. So it's like, if this, if this is working, we don't really have any major changes that we feel like are missing from Overwatch, then, yeah. you know, why change it?
0: Right, right. Um, it's so weird to me that they opened with the lore of Overwatch, hmm. and especially... Like, it's a friendly world. I like it. But just that lore video and the framing of the lore video for being like, Overwatch is reuniting. We're getting all these folks back together. It feels even more weird just because the sequel looks so similar to the first game. Mm. It's like, they never went away. Like, if it had been 20 (laughs) years, then I understand that framing. But just that entire pitch of... We're getting the team back together. It's like, what are you talking well, about? People well, are still playing this every day. I, I think it, a lot of it has to do with, like, you know, people are going
1: crazy for, like, trying to figure out what the lore of Overwatch is. And I think that yeah. that was their appeal to him. Like, we're finally going to delve into the story that you wanted us to, right? Like, right. outside of these right. character shorts. Um, but, you know, that is what that, that those shorts have been leading up to is a lot of, like, here's what this character is doing now that they're out of Overwatch. And so the larger narrative theme is like, now that we know what most people are up to, now it's the phase of the game where, you know, they're back, right? But yeah. it feels, it still feels like a weird loose thread of, like, Okay, I guess that's what they're they're finally doing the thing that everyone thought they were gonna do.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Would you have wanted like a Fortnite style like event like that blew up the universe in some significant way to like get ready for Overwatch Two? Just
0: to make that impact of them coming back? Yeah, yeah. Just or kill something. all the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, I don't know. yeah, that's smart. Yeah, like here's their new skin. Their skin
2: inside out, or like, <gasps> like a Thanos snap for like half the characters for like a week, like you can't play as Tracer for a week. Yeah, I'm and then sure Overwatch Blizzard chicken. would love that PR hit. Right We're now. tired of
0: designing around Mercy, <laughs> she's dead, right? right, right. Um, is it crappy of us to talk about those games in light of
2: Blizzard? I don't think so. I think we did talk about Blizzard,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah
2: don't let them forget that they messed up, yeah. Guys. I mean, yeah, like I think acknowledging that the let Hong your Kong player stuff speak happened. out about the things that they're interested in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill.
0: Um, this is a simple little game. It's very much in that vein of like a what the golf for me this year, where it's just nice pick up and play. One of the greatest podcast games of the year. It's downhill mountain biking. Think of it a little bit like uh, a 3D trials, but much more relaxed and subdued. It's mm-hmm. a lot of restarting, little challenges to try and get down the hill. No jumping this time around, but you've been playing it a little bit today, Jeff. Um. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's not
3: really a game that you can describe why it's good, kind you know, it's sure. like. Yeah, you're you're riding a bike down the down a giant mountain, a lonely mountain you might say, uh-huh. and <laughs> it controls really well. Yeah. And like you I don't know how else
0: to explain it. It's kind of very drifty, but it just feels really good to control the bike. And just slowly making your way or quickly making your way down that mountain, it feels a little bit like some of my favorite parts of SSX like the untracked the final level there or like remember in SSX 3 there was that huge run that took like half an hour to get around like get down the entire mountain it kind of has that level of just like let's just take our time and slowly work our way down this mountain. Yeah and, and you they, they have
3: you know kind of paths that like when you start it tells you okay this is the path but then I was really surprised by oh, it's just a giant mountain and you can find
2: there are tons of other different paths yeah. down it mm-hmm. and like shortcuts and stuff. And you can find a difficult shortcut that you just try over and over and over and over again, and yes. over and insist that there's a way for it to be done, even though and after there many is. tries it seems like maybe there isn't, you should try something new.
3: Yeah. It's and it that part of it does kind of scratch that trials itch if yeah. if you like kind of so trying quickly. to perfect, yeah. you know, a really hard thing, but then there's there are other much easier paths that you yeah. can take. I was surprised by it, and I I really liked it. It was like, oh, okay, this is why you know Miller was talking about it a year ago. You know, when it was kind of in a preview stage and right, stuff like right. that. And and even then, when I read the previews, it's like, okay, yeah, I guess you Biking. you you ride a bike down a mountain and it feels good. And now I'm telling you, you ride a mite- <laughs> down a mountain and it feels really good i oh. guess you it's the kind of game where you just kind of have to feel it for yeah. yourself
0: lonely mountains downhill steam it's, ps4 and xbox one it definitely feels like the type of game that well it's on switch too right is it really i believe oh, I didn't see it. so it's on
2: that list online i haven't like checked the switch store or anything but sure it's funny because i was earlier i was like is this on switch oh it's on switch oh this is a great switch game and then it's like i have that realization it's like what does that even mean really sure <laughs> you know, it's just a good game will be good on a different version <laughs> right
0: right um let me double-check if this is actually on Switch, Kyle, because okay. I might be out yeah, of your mind. Hang it's on.
2: happened before.
0: Um, but anyway. it definitely feels like type Epic game that's on Steam, but it's so hip and clean that it's like, it's amazing that it's not on the Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. Like, then we're at a point where any game that seems cool, I'm shocked yeah. when it's not on the Why Epic Game Store. Why haven't they just bought yeah. this? Uh, not seen it on Switch here, Kyle. Okay. Maybe it'll be
2: released later on Switch. Well, I'm sorry if you grabbed your Switch, if you paused this podcast and... Picked up your switch and started. Yeah. I
1: paid
0: $20 searching. <laughs> to somebody. I don't know why I don't <laughs> I have no switch. a switch. Yeah. <sighs> hey, speaking of Switch, uh, they released uh, Terry Bogart in Smash uh, yesterday. Yeah. Surreal Vasquez. Well, that was cool. I like that trailer. <laughs> it was a really long winded presentation about Terry Bogart, which I did not
1: expect to see in 2019. That's amazing Jeez. because,
0: you know, I, I think I have a decent framing for video game history, I'd hope at this point, but. Neo Geo stuff, and especially Neo Geo (laughs) fighting games, is just... It's always been a little bit confusing to me. So to have video game history presented to me by Sakurai being like... Here's Fatal Fury. Here's why King of Fighters is connected to Fatal Fury. Here's this character. Here's their brother. Here's their dad. It's like, okay, this well, is this is the history I've always wanted from yeah. one of my favorite developers. Well, wait, I now. watched
2: a little bit of it, like with you, and I was yeah. I'm laughing at like just the idea of you're like you sit down to watch this video. It's like, all right, new Smash content. Let's learn about New Smash Brothers and Soccer. I was like, welcome. Get ready to learn about new Smash Brothers. Okay, this was a Neo Geo console. Yeah, this first, is what it looks like. Title screen goes,
0: what is the Neo Geo? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, I, I need. I want to know for sure. Yeah. I just
0: want now sakurai narrating all of video game history which he could yeah because of smash
2: brothers right just like yeah i would like another little history lesson yeah. from sakurai those videos are so loose and strange that i really i like them like people laughing off screen oh, hang on, i gotta like, beef with this i need to go uh-oh. back and uh-oh. analyze
0: that because i love that that for the last couple of these videos that have just been very loose on nintendo's youtube channel that you can hear people laughing off camera but i swear this time it feels weird. It sounds like Were there's faking like it? it sounds like there's like 50 people. I think they added a laugh track.
2: If if Sakurai's your boss, and he invites you to, to be off, I mean off screen for this video, I mean you're yeah. you're probably gonna nervously laugh at everything that guy says, right? Hang on,
0: I'll put it in post because I'm just saying the laughter from they earlier videos. Up, I think they sweetened the pot. Mm, all right, mm, I think that's, Okay, so here's the old version.
2: We don't have much of a budget for this.
0: Here's the most recent laughter. Oh, my I see what you're God. saying. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen of the jury, he's a fraud.
1: <laughs> um, do you like the way that Terry plays? Yeah, I I, I think, you know, I've always – um, my concerns about like, oh, he's just going to be like Ryu. Like they, they kind of uh, use the fighting game character concept where they, you do the motions and they – You know, plays like you expect, and they're always facing their opponent, kind of thing with Ken and Ryu. But they added some interesting twists. And, like, I, but to go back to the presentation real quick, I, I know that this was in the context of people were kind of disappointed that Terry of all characters was added because he's like one of the more obscure, probably the most obscure character they've added in the DLC. Yeah. I think people were saying, like, oh, it's a waste of a character slot. So that felt to me like he was, he was trying to present the best case that he could for Terry. And I think in that, he revealed like, I, I'm not gonna say like maybe this is 100 percent the case, but it feels like this is the one I did for me because yeah, you, like, clearly soccer, he's a fan. He loves, his I, stuff. Like, loves King of Fighters. Like it, that's the fighting game. Like someone was breaking down like the fact that uh, you can spot dodge in. Smash Brothers, like, you can dodge downwards and you'll dodge an attack. That is a thing from King of Fighters. Like, so, short, things like short hops are in King of Fighters. Yeah. Like, a lot of, um, you know, parts
0: of Smash Brothers' DNA come from King of Fighters. So, Which, Well, what's interesting, and really, craps all over your point here, Suriel, just lays mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. it, is don't you remember when they were announcing the wave of DLC, Sakurai yeah. said, I had no choice, or no hand in these. Like, this was all Nintendo's choice. Sure. Remember? And so this yeah. is a weird character to be in that
1: batch but clearly he loves it like yeah, he got it, to the point that, like like this is the one that he wanted to do most yeah. it feels Maybe. like, I mean, like yeah. e- even like because Banjo like he was very excited about it but didn't like you can kind of tell that like this is not a- his thing yeah but here it's like I'm gonna give you this whole PowerPoint, this whole video presentation. I'm gonna go over like every character that it can randomly appear on this stage, except yeah. for one. Except I heard. for my, i uh, will get to in a bit. But like, uh, just the fact that like I love all these characters. It was a lot of work, but I, I like. Please enjoy this. Yeah.
0: We've included 50 tracks from all of right. SNK history. Also, I love that he's like. And also, uh, you can play some of these games on the Nintendo Switch. I recommend Fatal Fury Special, King yeah. Fighters '95 as y- a starting y- place. '98's K- yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. And like...
1: like him, him specifically calling out like the, his up uh, his up air attack was like this is this is the only one that isn't like an, an actual move from his games. But we had to yeah. have that
2: because you know you
1: have no reason to do that in a fighting
2: game. Yeah. I know, mean like
1: a traditional fighting game.
2: The whole presentation had a little bit of like almost it felt almost like a lifetime achievement. Yeah. Order, it was like very reverent. Of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> of like this thing is important to me and. I would have put him in here earlier if I could have, but we had to wait till now. Right? And, yeah, and it made me like, because I when they announced Terry, I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'm more mm-hmm. Smash Brothers. I'll take it, thank you. And, but I wasn't really excited about it. But after getting his history lesson, I'm like, oh, like the, I'm kind of more interested in this now, and like I understand the value yeah. of him and why he's important to everything yeah. Smash Brothers. You know, I yeah.
0: can't wait to. Randomly get him in the future when I choose random yeah. for my character. That's gonna be yeah. really fun.
2: I mean, like gameplay wise, he does
1: have like some interesting mechanics. Like they they talked about how he can counter after dodge, which is a thing you can do in KOF. He has like the only like backwards B move. Uh, so yeah. his, his forward B is like the the. Oh, gosh, I'm forgetting like the the crack the knuckle. Uh, and then the backward is the the crack shot, uh, the 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 leaping kick. Yeah. Um, and then he explained how you can do the moves. Yeah. You can, by pointing. Right. And I think <laughs> let to me, me speed that up. <laughs> to me, the craziest part is like the desperation stuff, which is like when he's over hundred percent, he gets access to his super special moves, which is like, I mean, he has a final smash, right? But it's just a collection of three of those super special moves. But just yeah. the fact that you can just pull off the Buster Wolf whenever you are over hundred percent, and it's like, hey, look, you don't want to keep doing this, but also it's a really powerful move and it does like thirty percent damage. Um, that is like a super super cool mechanic that I'm into. Uh, I wish like...
0: No, it's just awesome that they are breaking the mechanics a little bit of smash again this late in the game. I mean, Hero was nuts, right? From Dragon Quest. But then not only the character, but then also the stage because the stage, there's no ring out. There's like a barrier. He's like, oh, it'll feel like a classic fighting game and you have to actually smash them through like this glass wall effectively. Right.
1: And I'll be curious to see like how quickly like... I, I can't imagine that stage will see any competitive play, but, but I would love to see just a lot of like wall bounce combos, which is a thing in fighting games. But like seeing those in Smash would be yeah. super cool. Um, but yeah, uh, like it's my only disappointment is that they don't have like Mark of the Wolves, Terry, because obviously a lot of his poses and stuff are based around his hat. But in Mark of the Wolves, it's like he's older. He doesn't have a hat. He has, instead, he has like
0: a trucker jacket. Hang on. Now, I just recently watched, I believe it was a Ken Burns documentary on the history of SNK. Uh-huh. Terry's in Mark of the Wolves? Yeah. He's I like had the no ma- idea. He's the main, like he he when he
1: talks about Rock Howard of like, oh yeah, he raised, but like, it's incongruent to the timeline. But you know, Smash kind of works that way. That's because oh, Rock Howard yeah, yeah. is from Mark of the Wolves because that's oh. that's when he's grown up and you know old enough to fight. Uh, and so like Terry, Terry, like that Terry that I'm talking about is from his timeline
0: basically. Yeah. I like okay. I
2: like Sakurai's its Chinatown reaction to Smash Brothers now. Eh, it's
0: we're done talking about it's China. Smash Brothers. Yeah. You know, no, so yeah.
2: excuse me. Uh, so yeah, it was a really
1: cool. Like not to that history, and I'm like, I, I don't think I'll play as much Terry as like I did of banjo, but I I I like that he's in it. It, it feels like it it's made Sakurai happy, and I'm finally glad that he's got <laughs> yeah, one on the him. board. Good. He yeah. can finally take a nap. Hopefully, yeah, well, he's got one more character, and then he's got a whole other
0: pack of DLC. Oh yeah.
1: Hopefully, hopefully this was <laughs> like his waking nap of like I get to work on Terry. Oh boy, you to talk? Uh, yeah. Go, the go my ahead. thing you're saying? Oh yeah, because they they mentioned like they're they're not adding her to the game cuz it's like oh uh well, they have 20 there's...
2: they have 20 characters yeah. that will just randomly show up in the background in the
1: ba- in the background of the new stage
2: th- yeah. which is crazy that they're not trophies it's like you went through all the trouble of modeling them and animating them and in, all you know. that is is they just show up in the background and like have a couple of different animations yeah um and it's all the most popular characters except for except for Mai, Mai who's, who is like, like, is the, a who's probably character. would have been this,
1: the number 2 if you were going to add someone from ss yeah. oh really I think, yeah. yeah um and but be, why
2: why wouldn't she show up there cuz her like default <laughs>
1: outfit is probably is was, like too revealing uh, yeah but why did Sakurai say she... it's, it's because Smash Brothers is for all the good boys and girls <laughs> he
0: literally said that Jeff like a little Santa Claus he said, he said Smash is for the good boys and girls so we couldn't include this this lady with her big old boobies all over the place yes. it's, it's because weird
3: because it's like she's for know. the bad boys and girls that's, that's right. right oh yeah that's uh, for the M because like Smash they've
1: covered Brothers. her up before like in I remember, I think there was like some King of Fighters thing where like she had like shorts basically instead of like whatever the 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 default outfit is, which is a lot more revealing. Yeah. So it's like I'm surprised they didn't just have do that for this. But it but when he's like, such
0: a slave to the history of SNK, I'm sure he's like, we can't, yeah, that's, we can't that's, not show this lady's areolas. What are yeah. we gonna do? <laughs> uh, so I'm sure that's like
1: a well, if we're not gonna have the classic outfit in there, I don't want it at all, or something. Or maybe Nintendo was just like, look, no my, just I know whatever, no my. Uh, what is, Smash uh, I, is
2: right rated T? Probably right. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I mean people were talking e hell, about like, isn't it?
1: it's weird that my you're that T is. <laughs> uh, but Bayonetta can, even though like that's kind of her whole thing. And oh, I think yeah, it's yeah. I think it is literally like her outfit was too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it, it like speaks to it anything just about the sex because like Tough. beyond beyond her outfit, I don't think the the actual like character is like really all that. Like I don't think she uses like her sex wheel is not really like a weapon she uses. Mm. Uh, I think she has like a like a button similar to Peach, but aside from that, I don't think they like do much with her. Yeah. Mm. But um, was she
0: in the? trailer of trying to grab the invite i don't think so no it okay. <laughs> just flies by her oh yeah well the, the invite gets really big and then like austin powers in front of her in front of her boobs just to like hide it as she's on screen um uh, it's great at e kyle okay yeah but okay good to know uh, yeah it is weird that Bannon no, isn't not. it but like they, they kind of
1: you can kind of see that they're toning down and obviously like yeah, you know yeah. Snake doesn't have like his signature like silenced pistol right Cause yeah. they're going for and he doesn't, he doesn't grab weapon.
2: an enemy and it goes mm-hmm. uh, uh, and yeah it their like, neck like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just makes them go to sleep for a second god that would be I'm bummed now that that's not in Smash Brothers that's one of Snake's <laughs> throws of the he just chokes
1: should, that, should that should just, just be tosses. watch Banjo's head twist around
0: backwards it should at least be one of like the music track options is just like two minutes of and and just snap later on uh, uh, but yeah uh, cool cool addition I'm,
1: I'm curious to see who their final <laughs> character is which is funny because they had to announce like hey we're not going to be announcing the next one in their tweet just to, yeah. so people aren't like over like flipping tables <laughs> as soon as they realize that they're not getting
0: announced but hey, miyamoto i'm not having fun right now yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just about time to get to some wonderful uh comments that clearly make the show better but look at this you know what's happening hmm we're honoring the people that have supported the Patreon in a, in a big way. This is uh, patreon.com slash minmax 2 Uh If you support us at the $100 level, you get a video shout-out uh, on screen, as you can see right now, if you're watching the video version. Uh, $400 support. Uh, we will read your message and uh, give you a plug. Uh, this will be for people, companies, peoples, places, things, pets? cities, pets. Corporations. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. if one finds it, and it's a tricky thing, right? Like, well, what if Electronic Arts wants to give you $400 for the patrons? Like, it's making the show better, realistically, and all we can do other than, you know, if we want to put a ban on all video game stuff, but I hope people trust us at the point that we would never let somebody supporting us at the $400 tell us how to shape our content or influence our opinion on that content. And the beauty is like, yeah, okay, in a hypothetical world, if Andrew Wilson at Electronic Arts is like, let's support this Patreon at the $400 level and then we just crap all over Jedi Fallen Order and they're like threatened to pull their support. It's like, I dare you, do it. That's the beauty of what everybody has built here is just this decentralized network that hopefully makes MinMax sustainable going into the future. Where it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't need that. It's, it's a nice bonus, but mm-hmm. we can, we can survive another day if someone wants to pull their shout uh, $400. out, four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Plus. Like a,
3: I, I, don't, I don't understand what a shout out is gonna influence, you know, yeah. from us.
1: And on our end, worst case scenario is like we lose four hundred dollars, which is not terrible, like or right. you know whatever money they end up paying. We'll do it. Yeah.
2: Right. Don't but, let that discourage you from yeah. giving us $400. That's exactly It's the
1: flip, right? Where
0: $400 actually does help us a fair amount, but yeah. it's not going to make or break the yeah, show yeah, yeah. or be at the level to dictate our content it's, during the show. Yeah, it's show.
3: just we're not going to compromise our honesty mm-hmm. for the yeah. rest of the community that's – Contributing, yeah, but obviously
0: we, we would love it
1: more if it was like here's this random shout out from a guy from you know here's my you know small business or whatever or yeah, my pet for sure I yeah. just want to honor my my dog or whatever
0: even if it's beaten down Brian who I consider one of the greatest people yeah. uh, in the world a huge podcast supporter uh does not want any extra things read but let me talk about this beaten down Brian Do and what a, what a crazy supporter of a this fellow sweetheart he's a sweetheart from Ireland Um he actually. Because he's a very smart guy and he knows the Patreon world very well. I called him up before <laughs> I announced I was leaving just to talk about the founding of MinMax and his suggestions. An avalanche of good advice. And so I can't thank Brian uh, in the Discord or on Twitter. Be sure to reach out to him and just thank him for helping to shape uh, MinMax in a, in a big way. Um, wonderful guy. Uh, here's a pro tip, though. Never call Ireland from your cell phone. <laughs> I didn't know there were still, like, long-distance charges for things. Then I got my phone bill and gazunga. But, hey, it was worth it for beating down practical advice. could have just yeah. used device. Discord. Yeah, I could have used yeah. anything. I didn't even... <laughs> Skype. I thought it was 2019. Dude, list off some more no. options? Yeah, no, I didn't know I needed... Eighteen. Uh, or you call, could have emailed him. <laughs> or the hell. Email. That's what I was looking Electronic for. Electronic
2: mail. Uh, but thank Minnesota you for the support. Maximum.
0: Beaten down, Brian. Uh, also, Richard Mady. Look at this. Uh, Richard Mady, uh made a game mm. along with some friends, and so uh, he wants to say, "Hey, check out To the Top, a VR platforming game that brings old school challenge with new school tech." Official PlayStation Magazine gave it a nine out of ten. It's available mm. now on PSVR, Steam, and Oculus Home. And of course, as Richard Mady wants us to know, To the Top. <laughs> What was the name of the game one more time? To the top! <laughs> to the top. And I'm so happy that this fella wrote in about this game, a game that, I'm. I, it seems solid. Um, we haven't talked about it on the show, so it's nice. they like, oh, I don't have to worry about it stepping on our opinions too much. Um, at the same time, too, looking at it on, checking it out on Steam, it's like, okay, it's very positive. People actually really think okay. this... This VR platforming Mm -hmm. game is cool. It's nice that we don't have to promote a stinker out of the game, you know? (laughs) Right,
3: yeah. Did he dictate that you would say the name of the game in Jerry Seinfeld voice? Well, the the name of the
1: game is literally says, like it's like asterisk, Seinfeld voice, asterisk, to the top. Right, when you're searching
0: to the top. And this is important for a big podcast supporter to really F with the name of his game uh, in the first ever Uh, (laughs) support. The name of the game is to the top. To the top. We'll get better at this. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm going to give it in a flat. Like, who's the most flat Seinfeld character? Uh,
2: it's obviously George's dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah how, there we go. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you do that? Something yeah, yeah. like that. Anyways, uh, thanks for the we support. We hope that was worth your money. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you want to support us at this level, uh, four hundred dollars, you can check out the Patreon, Patreon.com/minmax2ends. Uh, we would appreciate and love any of your support. Thank you, everybody. That's Thank right. You. Did you know about this? Every Tuesday, we make a post on patreon.com slash minmax2ends, and for people that support us at any level, uh, you can leave a comment, and there's a very good chance we'll read it on the show. I imagined that compared to some old show called the Game of Show podcast, um, that we would have fewer questions and comments. Mm-hmm. The f- opposite has happened. Oh, no. We're, already. We are... Pro- averaging over double the amount of comments <laughs> wow. every week compared to the Gameformer show, which is amazing. Well, it shows I know, it's exciting. It shows how excited this community is, which excites us. And so thanks everybody that leaves comments on uh, patreon.com slash minmax2ends. Um, consider supporting us if you're checking us out and not uh, jumping in there in the comments. But uh, we should mention as well that if you support us at any level, you also get access to the Discord, which um, we should just rename the Discord Shangri-La compared to <laughs> just for how positive and nice that community is, yeah. is great. Right it's you won't find anything
3: else like it on the internet. That's true. Because the... it it is just super like everyone's happy. If you if you go in there with a question or like you're doing something dumb for mm-hmm. as far as discord etiquette goes, which none of us knew <laughs> when we started it. But if you go
0: in there like people will just help you out and yeah. just be nice about it, right. which is awesome. We I had a weird moment. I think we all had a weird moment when we were streaming Luigi's Mansion 3 on Tuesday for the Great Goaty Hunt, a stream we do every Tuesday, uh, that YouTube picked up the stream and really liked it, I guess. <laughs> so while I was streaming, it started throwing the feed and people suggested videos. So we got a lot of new viewers to MinMax mm-hmm. through that Luigi's Mansion stream. And it was like this crushing realization memory of like, Oh, that's right. This is what the wider internet is what like. There's <laughs> a lot of <laughs> people like you effing suck at Luigi, blah blah blah. It's like, oh yeah. The internet can suck compared to the mm, MinMax yes. internet, which is such a yes. sweet little community. Growing, strong mm-hmm. community. Thanks for all your support, everybody. Here we go. Zaid Al Wasiti says, Hey, Glottis Maximus. Mm. Is that RuPendango? I don't I don't, I don't think know so. what Gladius glottis is. Mm. I think it might be Gladys's last time. Anyways, uh, what do you guys think are the most replayable games ever made? I'm talking games that never get old no matter how many times you play through them or beat them. One that comes to mind is Gear no Solid Five. The amount of variation the systems allow in the game is kind of unreal.
2: Most replayable mm. games ever made. I had a different approach to this. Oh I mean really? my answer is Tetris. Okay. That was my answer to you. Yeah. What are you
0: guys talking I about? Mean, it's the most replayable what? game. What do you want? I've played that consistently
2: my entire life. Right, right. Uh, I mean, you'd have, to okay. go,
0: you'd have to go with a roguelike, right, if you want to try and get yeah. closer to something that's more I mean, approachable I, here. I mean, I
2: still – I play Mega Man X probably once a year still, you know, just because yeah. it's like it, – it is consistently fun. The controls have always been amazing, you know. <laughs> Hang on, you pro Googling tip, don't
0: like... Google Glottis Maximus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a I lot of what it is, confusing uh, anatomical drawings. For... But yeah, uh, I... not Grim Fandango, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, so, Tetris. Tetris. Mega Man X, I play a lot, yeah.
3: Super Mario World is one I can go back Just to. Just always makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. Play a lot of Dota.
0: Oh, Dota. of course. Yeah. Of course. The old Dota. That makes sense. Um, old let's Dota see. Boy
2: cereal, we call him. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Eric
0: Seals says Hey, dear Mint Mackers, you got it. Mintimum Mactimers? For
1: $2, you can call us whatever you want, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what
0: game have you played the most consecutive amount of days this generation? For me, I played Overwatch nearly every night for seven months with the same group, and it was honestly the most fun I've ever had gaming. I love this question. The most consecutive amount of days.
1: I still play a lot of Dota too.
0: <laughs> so this generation, I mean, Dota two accounts, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, what do you think is your longest streak there? Longest streak? I don't consecutive days.
1: Probably like most of a college semester, or no, but probably like an entire school year at some point. Like yeah. where I would just play at least at least one match a day. Uh, there is like I think my longest is I played like twelve matches in one day, which is a lot. Oh choose. my god! Uh, but yeah, that game I played a, f- a lot of that in college for sure.
4: For sure, that's my, well, mean, that's my
1: game.
2: Mine's probably Breath of the Wild, honestly. Really? Because like I ripped through the review and then just got reinvigorated once everyone else got their hands on mm-hmm. it, and I was also got into the amiibo element of it of oh, like collecting yeah. things with the amiibos and mm. stuff like that. And like, Your and dirty then I, amiibo, and then addiction. maybe <laughs> maybe I took like a. F- I'm trying to think of how long I was playing it, but there was certainly like a break there, and then the DLC came, and that re-reinvigorated me, like, so, yeah, I don't know, I mean, I probably played that every day for, like, two or three months or something, I don't know, That's even if it was short, but. There was that whole
1: period of our people coming into the office, because you'd left, like, a bunch of amiibos at some point in, in the table downstairs, Yeah, and so, like, I, Reiner, and a couple of other people we just walk in and like do our daily Amiibo stuff with that game because yeah. like, you you could get chests and like yeah, you, cool you were looking Trash. for
0: the <laughs> I hated it so much. Why you're, you're bastardizing the purity of that game? It's all about exploration, all you get, you not get... just let me slam a toy on this and get a treasure chest. Just gimme, gimme, gimme. But I it need. wasn't even like <laughs> I need. the
1: items we wanted were mostly collectible because they they weren't great pieces of armor. No. Like the, the thing that I was looking for was like the the Ocarina of Time and like Skyward yeah. sword sets. It wasn't like I want a bunch of like good weapons and ammo so I don't have to worry. About them, it was yeah. because there were items exclusive to that. Answer. You guys don't
2: understand art, okay? Oh, I guess Pokemon Go is probably my other one. Too. That's oh, what I was going to say. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's good. Yeah, I didn't even good.
0: think about that one. That's a good one. We were the whole office was hooked on that. Yeah, for, a long for time. sure. Uh I was thinking a lot about this question. It was really killing me. It was like it's got to be Stardew Valley. Oh, like man. I would play Stardew Valley for months every single day. You know, just going through that entire game. Maybe I would take a break on the weekends or something and skip a day here or there, but that is just oh
2: boy. At some point, you had to go back and, and start a new game there. What is he... What's a developer's name? Eric Baroni. What is he working on? Is he just in, still sort of poking at Stardew Valley? Or is he... Do you think he's working on a new project? Well, he
0: took over publishing from Chucklefish for uh, Stardew Valley and everything but yeah. mobile, I believe, at this point. So he's probably got his hands full on that. They're still updating Stardew Valley, as far okay. as I know. But I remember in Jason Schreier's book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is very, very good, um, there's a chapter on Stardew Valley, which is also just an amazing chapter. But in that, the tease at the end is he says that... He's interested in making a game about collecting bugs, which is like, oh, my God, that's mm-hmm. how Pokemon started. This is yeah. amazing. Just if that's where he's going, the idea of the Stardew Valley developer making a Pokemon clone. Get out of here. <laughs> We're deflating.
2: Yeah. <laughs> think about it. We'll never see Hanson again.
0: Uh, Nick L says, hello, Max crew. 2020 is right around the corner. See this? You hear about this?
2: I heard, yeah. There's Uh, another year? I thought this was the last one.
0: I've been doing so many of these. I'm sick of it. And we've got plenty of amazing games lined up for the first half of the year. That said, I'm sure there are plenty of surprises in store for the next generation. Do you think the game of the year for 2020 will release in the first half of the year
2: or the second half? I'd uh, be
0: shocked if it's second half. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, because yeah. if, if we're, look, we're looking at new consoles at that point, right, Yeah. and launch software is rarely exciting.
0: I'm sure... Well, I mean, it's exciting.
2: It's rarely good. It's almost a lock in my mind that Horizon Zero Dawn
0: 2 will be a launch game for PS5. That'd be a good launch mm. game. But... Didn't win last time. Do you think that has a chance of taking, yeah, Game of the Year over, like, a Cyberpunk? Mm. I think the only way this is... For me, maybe. ...back half of the year is if Cyberpunk gets delayed, which delayed. I think there's a pretty good chance it will, right? Mm.
3: Yeah. It seems like all the games that got pushed out of 2019 or were never announced for 2019 but are probably coming early 2020 would yeah, take
0: yeah. it. Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, have they said Ghost Tsushima when that's?
0: I think it has to be. They said that it's reconfirmed for PS4, and so it would have to be first half of the year. But with Last of Us... Getting all wiggly up there with its release date, I'm sure that just leaves Sucker Punch like, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean they they got to stay out of that blast radius, right? I mean that'd be silly to.
0: So probably summer yeah. of 2020,
2: and then I think so.
0: Keep the console I'd for love, November.
2: I'd love to see a game like that in the middle of summer. You know, because yeah. I feel like summer's so light. It would be cool to have a big, huge release.
0: But then Wind's Dream's going to take its sweet landing. Dreams is out man Whenever <laughs>
3: Whenever they Manage to finish That single player stuff That's just yeah. That's
2: gonna change everything man When that campaign's out Everyone's gonna I remind right, people like, We've seen a lot of that campaign on that cover story When I was there for Game
0: Informer uh, Like it's They said it's like A two to three hour experience and uh, It's like a cool little thing But yeah. it's also like uh, Narrative based To the point that like It's a little bit of like A text adventure at times Like it Don't think of it like A full Little Big Planet campaign It's just like this funky Artsy little two hour thing You know um, Jordan Bay says hello Jordan Bay here my question is about Square Enix next year with Final Fantasy 7 releasing early in the year and Avengers coming in May what does Square show at E3 2020 even if they don't have an entire press conference they'll certainly show off something right what are your mm. thoughts will we see a trailer for Final Fantasy 16 they recently announced they're working on a big next gen title I wonder if this is the, the Luminous studio I wonder mm. if that's the one I mean they can always show the next
1: chapter of Final Fantasy 7 I feel like they have that in their pocket for oh, the next 30 years yeah. right Like, I mean oh, just oh, a
0: couple months after the last one comes I mean, out. Why not? It'd be like a Back to the Future two <laughs> having wouldn't... a teaser for Back to the Future yeah. three. Yeah, they, the they they wouldn't have inspired. to like it
1: wouldn't have to be substantial. They could just say, "Hey, here's the first trailer for the second part yeah. of." I think they'd want to do sixteen.
0: So. Yeah, first. in the meanwhile, because they need... say like
1: this is a, like this is like Final Fantasy sixteen for us. If we are putting like as much effort as we would into a mainline Final Fantasy game.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I don't think they the... said
1: this is like sixteen for us.
0: I don't think anyone is allowed. Well, to... Well, but like like <laughs> if
1: they said that they're putting as much effort like. Do you really think they're building two mainline Final Fantasy effort games at the same time? I think they are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's enough teams. Plus like the fact that, that Luminous Studio that Tabata, the director of fifteen, um, he left to go make new IP and then they said, Oh, you're making new IP? Never mind. Don't do that anymore. You know, like we need you to actually work on some mm-hmm. stuff. So maybe that got pulled in to work on sixteen as well. Yeah. Whatever that would be. And near automata, that's square, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's, that's I could see a sequel. Trailer to that for sure. Near automata. Yeah. Oh, you know what it's gonna be though? Hey listen to the min max show last week babylon's fall Mm, that's gonna be Mm, i mean honestly yeah (laughs) yeah uh here's a hot tip oh uh i will not say what it is but i will say when i was at square years ago for the final Fantasy 15 cover story trip i saw a game that they have not shown yet that looked like a big thing and so i know there is something in the works that is a big thing and i don't know what it is but it's like is it a I'm big waiting. thing? It's a big Square, thing. Show us your big thing, <laughs> yeah. and I'm waiting for them Jeez. to show that. And yeah. so maybe that'll be E3 2020. This, this vision in my head of a tease of some content coming. Um, Zach Thornhill says, "Hey, given Square's record for Final Fantasy 15, do you think they are capable of finishing all the parts of the Seven remake? I think uh, this is a big concern.
2: I really do. Uh, I mean, Seven's going to be more successful than 15, though, right? Probably, yeah. but still, I, I say that as someone who liked 15, right? Yeah." I and think watch the movie.
0: I will be surprised if seven, the full remake, is wrapped up within the next generation.
2: Oh, you think seven part, seven remake part two will be a PlayStation Five game?
0: No, no. He's he's saying
2: like that. For sure that will. Final
1: Fantasy Seven Part Five is, oh. is a PlayStation Six game. That's exactly. Oh, it. really? You think
0: so? I don't know, man. At this pace, are you kidding me? Like, I know they got their tech down and they probably have a pipeline, but especially if they go for four games over three, like oh, my God, this could be an entire generation of just waiting for Final Fantasy VII, which yeah. is going to be bizarre.
2: What if it's going to be like a Half-Life situation? Like where seven yeah. part part one, is going to be like a big, huge game, but all the other parts will be a lot smaller, and yeah. they will just never finish it. But if someday we'll get a blog post about the ending right. of Final Fantasy VII. That will remand. explain
3: what was supposed to happen <laughs> in Final my Fantasy My main VII.
2: character, Sky... <laughs> <laughs> Todd, Cumulus. <laughs> Todd
0: Oakstra says after seeing the Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 trailer cinematics and seeing how good they are would you like to see Blizzard or another video game company make a CGI animated movie I would be curious about it um, yeah. when I was at Blizzard last year I talked to the head of the cinematics department about that and like which franchise you'd want to do it with if you want to make a new IP for a film and he's like ah I think it'd be tempting to use our own stuff I'd love to see an Overwatch movie yeah. yada 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 um, and then I remember my favorite part of that interview is I talked to him about uh, Spirits Within, and he's like, that blew our minds. He's like, we love Spirits Within. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. When we mm-hmm. saw that, it was like we brought the entire Blizzard Cinematics team to the theaters and we were blown away. And it wasn't <laughs> until like- at the
2: screen and said, look at the
0: shirts folding.
2: But yeah. But then it was
0: like years later, like, wait, is that actually a bad movie? <laughs> like, what, what have we done here?
2: I would, I'd like to see Valve's like Team Fortress group. I don't know what they're doing, but like a Team Fortress wait, movie would be fun, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's always that thing, it's like flying too close to the sun. Like Final Fantasy is such a good example of like, you know, you can gr- make a great three-minute cinematic, but yeah. that doesn't translate to a 90-minute feature. You know? That's exactly.
0: It's a completely different skill set, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at all the Pixar short directors, directors that have graduated, and it's like, yeah, it, you know, some people make The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> but also thinking about uh, By the way, people are too harsh on The Good Dinosaur. I don't know if we need to go off on a tangent here. But... Its name is The Good Dinosaur. Are, <laughs> you are you saying, saying there are worse Pixar movies than The Good and Dinosaur? And worse dinosaurs. Hmm. What is cars it? one? No cars, cars two. one. I know how much you love Cars two. Cars three.
0: I might. I think I like Cars two I more like than Good, good dinosaur. dinosaur.
2: I think more than Monsters University. Maybe. What really? The greatest prequel of all time. I consider
0: Good Dinosaur as Blank Check would call it a gentleman six.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I just think people are too harsh on it. I, you know what I mean? Sure. They're like if you look at other you know uh, studios as animated children's. Entertainment, I think. Good dinosaurs. You watch, watch a awesome lot of that. bad animated movies, though. We only I watch do, the cream. I do. By the out. way, we're, I'm happy Your to do a spoiled dented. on that uh, that movie about the firemen coming out on Friday with the wrestler. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that movie's called. It's what? the John Cena Ferdinand too. Oh, I saw uh, the one where their their arms are all crossed on the cover. Yeah. you guys want to do a spoiled for that this next week? Yeah, enjoy the
0: studio. Yeah, just, um, <laughs> come down here on a Saturday morning. No one will be here, but you can just come in here and talk.
1: The for cameras two are hours. recording. Yeah. We promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Also, I've turned uh, the AC on. Yeah, uh, just really. <laughs> and if you're curious you about here. the setup, <laughs> just... it's like the camera being on the floor. That means it's on. Okay, right. Okay. right I right. trust all of you. Yeah. The on switch is rubbing the camera on the floor. <laughs> Uh, but this made me think of Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool. But uh, he was at Blur for a thousand years, and Blur does like the amazing Star Wars: Old Republic cinematics, mm-hmm. the Shadow of the Hedgehog cinematic, all all your favorite uh, cool the cinematics from gaming of mm-hmm.
2: the girl with the dragon tattoo. I think is that right? I think so. Yeah, which is really cool.
0: But uh, I think of him and that extension from making a short to a full film because last night I saw uh, Terminator, Terminator Dark Fate, <laughs> and like it. Maybe I'm too up in my head and thinking about him too much, but there's definitely a couple of those set pieces in there where it's like, it was chaotic. I hated it, and no. it's just all based clearly on that idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if we've never seen Terminators fight each other? I guess do people care about a location in
2: Terminator Dark Fight? I Dark Fight. Probably don't spoil it, right? I, I mean, know I, don't mean. Right. I don't care personally. All know,
0: right. All right. But, but like in the trailer, like there's the plane, right? It was okay. like, oh, here's a crazy set piece fight in a plane. And apparently they like locked down those set pieces before the script was even written, uh, which is okay. that classic conundrum. So when they happen in the movie, like I was literally looking at the people I was with like, what? What is this? Why are we here? And now we're here. Like, what the hell is going on? Because mm. it is so silly. Um Jeff, do you have any interest in that movie? Yeah, it that
3: that seems like a good red
0: box movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's it's solid. I know it almost it feels cliche to say at this point that people are like, oh, it's the third best Terminator movie. It is, but it's not. It's not great. It's the gash solid. Between two and three is really wild. yeah. It's okay. solid enough. You know, I okay. felt like I needed to rewatch three to get that full thing in there. But it has like it's fun to see a franchise that's been around as long as Terminator still have a couple of unique twists in there. Where it's like, oh. I've thought about this franchise for a long time, and I've never considered this. Like, that's kind of an interesting idea. And there's two to three of those in that movie that are worth experiencing. So do you
2: like fighting on a plane? Or <laughs> I love
0: plane fighting. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Mason Parker, I've barely heard anyone uh, from MinMax talk about Stadia. I honestly mm. can't wait. What are y'all's thoughts? Is anyone a founder like me? What should my Stadia name be? Don't choose MinMax. Max
3: finally we can talk about it we're
0: free of the shackles <laughs> oh yeah right
3: Mason and now Parker. the true opinion and it is I would like it if it works <laughs> it's, it's, it's still it's still like like conceptually Sorry. I think yeah sure it would be great if we didn't have to have a system you can just plug a controller into a computer and play games like we play games now but leg is such a killer for me that like I don't want to that's something I don't want to compromise on yeah yeah, yeah,
0: I think there's certain games where it won't matter that much. I still, I know that uh, gamers hate it um, in general, but again, it's not for everybody. If you, you're you not in the city, it's probably going to be tricky, but I think there's a certain section of the gaming audience that's going to be all on, like, on board with this stuff. Just the idea that, oh, I can just, next year, once, you know, they get out of this kind of trial phase of the Founders Edition only, the idea that I don't need a console and I can play through Red Dead Redemption 2, I think there's so many gamers out there that are like, yeah, I'd like to play that. I never got around to buying a console, but like I love playing GTA 3 back in the day, stuff like that. And just the yeah. idea, if that messaging can get out there correctly and the internet speed can handle it, I, I'm excited for it. I still think it has the potential to be huge, but then you remember how dumb giant corporations can be and how dumb Google can be and a lot of their messaging out of the gate has not been great. And so there's a thousand things that can and probably will go wrong. And how yeah.
3: crappy internet is. Right. Like, yeah. E- even when you have a good connection... You know, it can just like a little spottiness. I, I remember you were playing Assassin's Creed. Was that In on Stadia office. or that was,
2: that was it? Wasn't called Stadia at that point, but it was like Google's beta testing. It was, yeah. a it was Stadia, yeah.
3: And it's just that, like, yeah, sure, it pl- it plays okay. That's fine. That's not the hurdle. But when you're you're running, you know, across a field or whatever, and everything goes blocky because the internet's choking for a second. Yeah, like that's super jarring, and that's. Yeah. But the internet at Game Informer sucked back then. To be fair. True. But yeah. the internet sucks in a lot of places. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No yeah, doubt about it. The other thing
1: is that like I think the to me, Stadia's biggest problem isn't the tech, it's it's like the infrastructure. The fact that you have to buy games individually as part of a separate platform, I think is gonna make and, and those copies are streaming only copies. That I think is like the biggest sell like the 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 hardest sell for me. Um I think like this will probably be much bigger when a when someone like Valve says like oh now we're doing that too and it's like here's your Steam copy right right? and then you can can stream it because like I think that having to sell people on like buy a copy that will always have some amount of lag on it uh, and, and there's no way to really play it locally like I think they could have gone with like the subscription model which is you know what Game Pass does but the fact that they're going with like you have to purchase each game individually. Google's kind of flaky about the kind of new services. So I think there's a lot of like outside factors, even outside the tech, that kind of make it hard to get on board with it. Even if like the idea of like, hey, I can just play this game on a on a laptop that has real no tech like no real tech behind it. That I think is super cool. It's just I don't know that I want to buy, like, Red Dead 2 on Stadia versus buying it on, like, yeah. another
2: thing. Because you have to, you you trade convenience, which it is very convenient yeah. for not actually owning the game. And it can be right. taken away from you. Anytime, yeah, I mean, which, which
1: to be fair. It's true of like some, like you know, if Valve goes down and like they're they they can not you know, promise that you'll get to keep your copies. Yeah, that could be a potential
2: case. But, but, but even, th- even that situation, though, I mean, you still have the software on your
1: computer, right? right? But like if you haven't downloaded it, uh, you yeah. know, okay. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, so like to some degree, all digital markets are like that. But I think to me, like that extra remove of like you don't even get to play the actual copy of the game, you but like the actual di- digital copy. Um, makes me trust them less
0: in terms of giving them $60 to play a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Carmel says, The Bluepoint mystery continues with the recent tweet. Did you see this? Uh, oh, what no, do you, no. What do you guys think they're doing over there? Everything? My money's actually on everything with real animations. So on Halloween, these Bluepoint MFers, which are teasing that they're remaking some game on the PlayStation 5, said, and I quote, So calm this spooky night. A symphony of rumors. Not one, but two return from shadow. A resistance to dart home as black monsters escape twisted hills to wander lands and siphon souls. Filter your candy collections soft from solid and be eco-friendly. Have a metal Halloween. <laughs> and so now the internet has lost <laughs> its mind. So he says, uh, Josh good. says, Fortive accounted for. The tweet teases the following games. Castlevania, Shadow of the Colossus again, Resistance, Twisted <laughs> Metal, Siphon Filter, Metal Gear Solid, A Souls Game, Ape Escape, Legends of Dragoon, Jack and Daxter, Eco. I think Bluepoint, I think that is just them messing with people to oh, the highest yeah. degree. Like, oh, Don't yeah. try and read. It's not like Sony PR sat down and said, okay, we're going to send out this cryptic tweet. It's going to be a bit mm-hmm. of a puzzle. It's just this independent studio having fun because all the internet screaming at them about
2: is what the hell are you guys making? Yeah. Um, I mean, also, it's like, would they sneak one of the things that they're actually working on into that tweet? I bet. You think, you think so? I bet. You think it's one you of those? One of them? Which I one you think it's one of them? I bet it's one of them.
0: I think it's Demon Souls.
2: Yeah. I still lean Demon Souls. I like the idea of Symphony of the Night and That'd be really cool. They just did, they did that Requiem collection.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Right. What would you do with Symphony oh, of the Night? yeah.
2: I don't oh, know. Yeah, right. Make it make it look like the cover art, I guess. That'd be cool. Really? I, that seems like a... You like know, an impossible task like a task. weird thing where
1: it's like no, well I mean it could be high fidelity but that's just going to make the fact that there are limited frames kind of yeah. stand out yeah mm-hmm. I,
2: yeah, you're making a good point because it would be like it would be one of those 2D 3D like, like Maverick Hunter X or something yeah. you yeah. know like and I don't know if, I don't know if I want to Play that version of that game yeah. necessarily, but I like Symphony of the Night. I would like an excuse to replay it more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. Christopher
0: Reardon says, "Wait, I mean, what if it's like because oh they, they've God. done
2: Metal Gear and they've done Silent Hills?
1: What if they're just like saying part of the two things is like we're bringing those two to PS4?
2: Those remakes? Yeah. Like twenty collections. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's weird that Bluepoint would be making a big deal about that, but I mean, not, is that not I want, was that not them? I think it was. Well, they didn't so, do Metal Gear. They didn't have anything to do with Metal Gear. The collection." Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the, the HD collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Twin Snakes and talking about the mm. Wii remake of Silent Hill, right? Didn't no, there... no, no, no. Because okay. they did the HD collections for Silent Hill and oh, I think, Metal Gear. I, I don't think, think they did the Silent High Hill. Voltage. Oh, was voltage? they? Okay yeah, to the because Hill. those those were was bad. bad. Yeah. yeah, that was a disaster. Um, and oh, Blue good. Blue Point, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Remember when they
0: made Titanfall on 360? Oh, Blue really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a crazy technical achievement. It's that weird thing where Microsoft was like. Shut up. How good it was because they wanted to push the Xbox One, but then Bluepoint pulled off this amazing technical achievement of getting it running in a very solid way in 360, and it's like, well, yeah, but that new console, though, guys. (laughs) Check this out. Christopher Reardon says, I maintain that this generation is the best ever in gaming, but there's something missing. Hmm. Learning more about a game after release. I'm talking manuals and especially strategy guides. I remember treasuring certain strategy guides I got when I was a kid, reading them until the binding fell apart. Recently, which strategy guide do you guys feel like you read the most as a kid?
2: Oh, uh, I had Donkey Kong Country one that I looked at a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a um, Super Metroid one.
3: Okay.
1: Is that either Pokemon Silver Ooh. or Smash Melee.
0: Yeah. Mm. Ooh, I want to see that Smash Melee guide. I wonder it, how that holds it, up.
1: It, it, it had, like, different stats for the characters, and according to them, Captain Falcon was the best character because he had, like, the, the highest collective
0: stats. That's but he's, is... he's not bad in that game, but he's not the best character. Yeah. It's just Fox, right? Yeah, it's Fox. Come on, it's Fox. Uh, Recently, I bought a beautiful guide for Final Fantasy XV to try and recapture that old feeling. But it just made me a little sad because a lot of the information in it was irrelevant or missing because of patches. And a lot of the information can be found in the game anyway. Is there any way we can recapture that old strategy guide magic or am I just being old? Here's what you do. It's a very simple solution. You find an old game that you've never played, buy that old strategy guide Mm -hmm. for it, and then go through and play that. Wouldn't that be fun?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was I was never a big strategy guide person. I don't know if you guys did you use them a lot or not that much. I used them a lot. Yeah. I remember
0: yeah. I bought one. Uh, GameStop really sold the hell out of me on this one. thing convinced me it was a good idea, which it weren't. But uh, for Xenosaga Episode One, but then I just I was bummed out because then I was just like glued to the strategy guide the whole time. And yeah. like well, now I feel like I need to look at this because I paid money for it, so I can't just soak in the adventure. And that's why on my I own.
2: generally kind of avoided them. I I just because I didn't I. I liked getting stuck. You know what I mean. Yeah. In those type of games. So yeah.
0: You like getting stuck?
2: Yeah, I mean within reason. Yeah. Sure. Okay, buddy. Uh, Imran Khan says on the giant <laughs> hey!
0: on the giant bomb extra Life it could stream. Be, it could be the prime minister of Pakistan. You know? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <That> <laughs> <is> yeah, true. <laughs> the prime minister of Pakistan writes in on the giant bomb extra Life stream. He's a big giant bomb fan.
2: Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. Uh,
0: he said Dan Reichert said quote, ask Jeff Marquiafava how much he enjoyed me farting on his desk all the time implying that Jeff and would confirm that it is enjoyed by all. Wait, so Imran sent a question from Dan? Imran said that on Giant Bomb's Extra oh. Life, Dan asked... The community? To ask Jeff Fava okay. how much he enjoyed me farting on his desk.
3: Yeah, no, I remember I did yell at him once. Like freak out, like snap, yell. Yeah, like l- legitimately pissed off, because he, <laughs> he came back and was just walking through the bullpen and did like one of those like... Kicked his leg and did a real ass rip while yeah. he walked by, and I, uh, I lost my mind and I yelled at him and was like, "It's not a frat house, like this is an office, like you don't do that like a normal person." And he seemed a little embarrassed at that point. Oh, good. But, he does know, but clearly he it. he didn't learn anything
2: long term from it. What was that? Was that before my time? I don't, I don't know. Maybe? I don't remember that. Uh, as uh, <laughs> I remember him coming back to your desk and sort of laser focusing on you to yes. mess with you, which yeah. you, I'm sure, love.
0: Oh, yeah. As Matt Helgeson once put it, uh, trying to break through to Dan about why he can't do what he wants, he said Game Informer is not a Dan Reichert Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, We all like Dan
2: (laughs) Riker. He's a good guy, (laughs) but...
0: Tom Blackburn says, Sup, nerds? When is Darth Clark going to come save this dumb show?
2: (laughs) We've been trying to
0: contract out with Darth Clark to make min-max content. Yeah, he only works about once a year so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy McPhail says, I wanted to comment on the fact that after your first... Oh, comment on the fact that your first deep dive is for a game about corporate BS. <laughs> Good on you. I do have a question for you guys, though. I run a high school video game club here in Buffalo, New York, and I was wondering if you guys had any ideas about fun or informative things I could do with the kids. At this point, all we've done is trivia games and a Smash tournament.
2: Hmm. What? High school, you said?
0: Yeah. Okay. In Buffalo, New York. A
2: video game club? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I know mean, what you the, do? The tournament's idea sounds fun. I mean, what are they all? Are they all Fortniters? Play Probably, some Fortnite? it's yeah. hard to do Fortnite tournaments.
0: Everybody on their phone. Yeah, man, it sucks. Here's what you do: you play Dreams. Yeah, you yeah. make a Dreams game together. You spend Dreams way tournament. too much time. Dreams <laughs> tournament. <laughs> <laughs> you spend way too much time going through those tutorials as a group, or at least yeah. trying.
2: Right? Like mm-hmm. Minecraft servers and stuff, right? Like where they could all work in one area together.
0: If they have the computers for it, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. I guess it time. depends on that. Kind yeah,
2: of. Uh, he might be looking for more. Like, yeah, like what can we do with like one, like Smash? You know, it's. Yeah. up to eight players on one screen mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you yeah, have more co-op experiences I guess yeah. competitive there
0: co-op there it is uh, Brian W says hey your dumb plan worked uh-huh. yesterday in a work meeting somebody said then you put in the min to max values I had to keep myself from yelling out min max yes. Two ends. did you say
1: two ends? it's working <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: he whispered two ends, and said what's that uh, Tim Conlon says, Hey, guys, great to have you back. Hello. Thanks for having us back. Hey. <laughs> we're back on the internet. Uh, hey, so when you guys are going through names for MinMax, I assume Reeves wouldn't sign-off and you're using, begin- <laughs> you're using Banana Cabinet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just greedy. That is very funny. Of all the names for MinMax, I did not consider asking Ben Reeves if he could use Banana Cabinet. I, we, I was not is. there for this.
3: Uh, tell the I story, please, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't there. That what? was That
0: was a long Sorry, time ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, so what of was is they were... Coming up with the Game Informer website, when they mm-hmm. redesigned the Game Informer website, I guess right before they brought you on board then, Jeff, um, right? I think this was like
3: maybe the website before that one. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, a, it was a long, long time ago. Okay.
0: But the idea was that they didn't want to call it GameInformer.com. You know, they're tossing around ideas. Do we call it? I think they said at some point they pitched the idea of being Polygon There's something like that of just like different video game names uh, that you could call this thing and- Ben Reeves as a joke suggested banana cabinet uh, and apparently <laughs> everybody hailed him as an idiot and never let it down yes. and it was For the rest u- of
3: his life. Yes
0: and whenever yeah. it was somebody needed an example of like why Reeves needs to shut up it's like I don't want any
2: other more banana
0: cabinet ideas and for Ben Reeves it must be so frustrating it's like that was a joke
2: it's yeah. like, I think his perspective was like the 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 website will you know be its own thing. It doesn't matter what it's called, right? I remember him sort of oh, really? making that argument. It's like because people will find it, they'll associate it with Game Informer. The name doesn't matter. We can call it. I don't know, freaking banana cabinet. Yeah. But then it became. Wait, did
0: you literally just suggest we call Max Banana Cabinet? Is it, Is it too late? <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> oh, Why do we give this guy I, a microphone? Why are yeah. you talking about things? Get out of here! Uh, I'm sorry, Edgar Vasquez. Who's this guy? (laughs) Is he going to cry? Does reading the name make you tear up? (laughs) He
2: was just a fan of brotherly love, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Where's your
0: brother live? When are you guys guys planning on doing your Game of the Year discussions? Most sites do theirs in early December, which tend to leave some games out of the discussion. I agree. Maybe... Tomorrow? Tomorrow. (laughs) We'll consider games released in December. Yeah. Like Smash
1: Brothers. Yeah. Released in the summer of last year.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we'll do probably middle December, I'd imagine, before Christmas. But uh, probably a tighter turnaround than most sites because I think, yeah, people want to get those out of the way. But, hey, this community is all we got, so let's let's all skip Christmas for it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We'll give you you. that
1: present and we will get your money in return. Is that a gift?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh
0: Remy Bach, that's a great name, says, are you guys going to be doing a top 100 games of the decade? Because one was released today by an online publication and it was utterly atrocious. (laughs) I looked at that. I don't know. This is Polygon. Yeah, yeah. Beat Saber was on there, so. Oh, really? It's like 70-something. I saw it was like top five. I think they had um, Kentucky Route Zero. It's mm. like, all right, hey, mm. that's that a choice, baby. That game's good. I should go look at that list. Yeah,
2: do you know what number one was? That game's not even mm. fully out yet, though. <laughs> like, that's my. That's was my it game. Towerfall? I know Polygon was, was a big m- Towerfall. Minecraft.
0: Minecraft's number one, which it's a good I pick behind. I think that's a good pick. Yeah.
1: It's also like how much you know. it's Something we struggled here at Game Informer. It's like how much do you here? weigh, there? like. Well, that It <laughs> uh, was like how much do you struggle with like the oh, yeah, this we have to have this game on the list That's like super culturally relevant versus like I don't know that any of us would put it on our personal top teams. Yeah, that's always so, a like, weird
2: question. I don't know. That's
0: that's always a thing you have to weigh.
3: Yeah No, well, I guess we got to figure out how we're gonna do that
0: huh? Yep, uh, Aiden Hanlon says I was never able to actually get quote Ship something nice from the Game Informer show. Yeah. What were the prizes for winning the old GI oh. best question? I've been dying to know for years. I share? guess since it's completely done, might as well. Like it would be silly to not be transparent. This is it. This is the, you're finally going to learn right now. <clears throat> Let's build it up. The something real nice that we shipped out was the most recent issue of Game Informer
2: signed by the Game Informer staff. Boom. <laughs> and there maybe like a sticker or something if we had it lying around. Every so. week we all had to sign an issue on Ben Hansen's desk. Or I guess we signed yeah. a bunch at once, right? Every month, Every month we'd sign yeah. like four yeah. When we get new issues in, yeah, stockpile it and, and then ship them out. Yeah. If I remember correctly, like that was really easy to pull off and you didn't have to constantly remind people to come over to your desk to sign and issues. It, was a,
0: lot of, it was a little bit of a hassle, but then it just became <laughs> unfair to the international audience because so oh, many people yeah, would win yeah, question
2: of the week and be like, well, we can't ship this to South Africa. Realistically, you sold the big board during Extra Life, right?
0: Yeah, that's crazy. It got w- over two hundred, I think. Nice, which is awesome. Just the idea, that, like, oh, that thing costs like seven dollars, and the idea that <laughs> the thing when, when, like, Andy oh, was like weirdly frustrated. I'm
2: questioning of the it. week now, I'm, and I'm at it again. <laughs> right. Every week I win. Yeah. What was Andy's thing about? It? it was just not big enough, right? Like, I feel like he would I always give you crap for not I think he just saw it as a, big a cheap,
0: dumb thing, but yeah. $200 for charity. Where's your cheap, dumb thing now? <laughs> That's right. Oh. Uh, being shipped across the country.
2: Yeah. All right, since you're the expert here, Kyle, what's this name again? Uh, Dr. Big 13. But it's D-B-R-G. Yeah, I know. On the stream, we made he was watching me play. We made a joke that I, I always mispronounce because I got the letters mixed up. So I just started uh, calling him Dr. Big 13. It's a very gotcha. funny inside joke.
0: Okay. Uh, Dr. Big 13 says, hello, Max crew. Is it selfish of me to say that I've really been enjoying the smaller community that you guys have right now? No. Ever since I started watching Kyle streams, I feel that I've made some real friends in the community that I now see chatting on the Midmax Discord. Uh, it's been really cool to have opportunities to talk to you guys a little more directly. I don't have that. I don't have friends that share the same interests as me, so it's great to have such a good community. Keep up the sweet content. Thank you, Dr. Big. Uh, no, I love having a smaller, more focused community. Yeah, that's cool. Jumping in there. It's nice to be able to talk to folks. Again, that Discord is overwhelmingly active, um, but it's it's great to jump mm-hmm. in when I can. It's yeah. nice just to have, like, you know, I had a weird moment earlier this week where I was looking at, like podcast analytics for the MinMax show and then I was like wait we have a podcast channel like let me just share the data with everybody like what's the downside of saying hey here's exactly how many subscribers we have here's what devices they listen to like listen on it's like so I love to cool know that stuff podcast for, nerdy stuff, right? For the podcast I listen to. Yeah, for so sure. that's nice. Um, also, flaming uh, Kesa wrote in Kyle talking about uh, your guys' streams and how much mm. uh, they've enjoyed it, and just that same effect mm-hmm. of like getting to know people from that, and it's fun to see that carry forward into the yeah. MinMax Discord. Um, Alexander is Silamov says hello, Minty Maxers. Is that the
2: second Minty Max? Wait, that is, isn't it? I guess it, that locks it in. Nope. Do you have a sound effect <laughs> right nope,
0: or something? Nope, nope, uh, <laughs> Hey, <Counting> now <laughs> the
2: bit is dead. <laughs> now with The Outer Worlds
0: released, what do you think will happen to the Fallout franchises? Uh, the Outer Worlds is probably what Fallout should be. They couldn't do a better job with that. In hindsight, Fallout 76 was actually not such a bad idea. Going exactly in the other direction that is focusing on an open world, crafting, building, etc., unless on story, is maybe the right move? Just a shame they didn't double down on that game and instead made all the wrong choices. Yeah, what the hell do you do with the next Fallout? I think you just like
1: you know there are things that the outer worlds feels like it's missing, like just the aspect of going out and finding some random thing in the middle of nowhere, right? Like so, it's just of, more
0: of an open world. Yeah,
1: I think I think that stuff is the stuff that they've been doing, and they they could you know expand in that front. I don't, I like I don't think that they necessarily will. Well, they they made a good one of those. I guess we can't make the thing that we've been making for a while and has made us a ton of money. I don't think they're gonna you know shy away from making a Fallout Five.
0: But still, I mean, if it's going to be after Elder Scrolls VI, that's going to be end of the next generation, if that,
3: right? Which is when people will be like,
0: all right, it's back to the old school fallout
3: formula again. I'm
0: sick of Microsoft just drilling Outer Worlds as a franchise Mm -hmm. into the ground. Yeah, for sure. Uh, James Pinto, hello, Mini Maxis. Minty Maxis. Nope. Makes me think
2: of Minty Zaki from Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. That's why I like it.
0: I've been watching the new Watchmen show on HBO and I was wondering if you guys have and your thoughts on it. I've heard people complain about the material they cover, but I personally have enjoyed the storyline so far. Maybe it'd make for a good spoiler podcast. Uh yeah, I agree. I uh I've been busy, um, but I watched the first episode of that. I I was so tickled. Like it's rare to see a show and just have it really capture your imagination where even the next day I was just thinking about like, God, what a bold world they're starting to set up. And again, I just watched the first episode and I'm gonna watch the other ones um, but as you know Kyle I don't really like watching TV I'm aware. Um, but this one it's like ah okay I will watch Watchmen and, you know I enjoyed reading the book years ago and it's so amazing to see a TV show that at least in the first episode I love how bold it is and how different it feels faithful to some of like the big ideas in Watchmen but at the same time it's like the least uh, it's the least fan service Mm-hmm. version almost they could have made. like There's definitely nods and some larger nods than others, but at the same time to like take that Watchmen formula or concept or world, I guess it's the same world as as the book, and then just going in such a different direction with it and like, well, let's talk about
2: these issues and yeah. let's focus on these characters. It's really wild. And and the book or visual novel, I suppose we should say, mm, yes. is treated as uh, canon yes. for the show, right? Yes. So... Um, the ending of the comic is yes, because they changed the ending from the film. Right. Okay, that's interesting. And you it's were also saying, a graphic novel, by the way. It's very graphic. 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 It's
0: more graphic than May or whatever in, in <laughs> Smash. Uh,
2: you are saying your Watchmen bring, is not for the good girls and boys. <laughs> you're saying you're a defender of that film too. Watchmen. Yeah, I, I think the film's solid. Written by uh, David Hayter, Snake himself. Has uh, he commented on the show? I would love oh, to no, hear no. his thoughts. Question. But I, 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 I think it's Snyder's best movie. Because he basically just wholesale copied the comic, you know, like. Good job. And it so looks that, great, ending. and I and I actually like the ending of the film. I think it like yeah. it, I think it is, it it kind of accomplishes the same thing with less mud, I guess you could say. Like it's more straight. It's like a more straight line way to get to the same ending. It's it's not as complicated because I feel like right. the ending, as interesting and weird as the ending of Watchmen is, it's very complicated. And you're like, wait, that's. That's Okay, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have read it or anything. I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I've read Watchmen.
1: I haven't seen anything else.
2: Okay. Yeah. I, the film is solid. I think it's worth watching. Honestly, I, I was thinking of watching it as a refresher before going back oh, to the that, show. that could not hurt,
0: actually. I mean, yeah. it probably would help in some ways, right? But uh, I always think back to Watchmen, the film and its release, because I loved David Hater. I love David Hater in general. But I love that he released this message where he just had this blog post when the movie came out. And he's like, hey, I know this might feel like pandering, but. I just want to communicate that as a screener for this film, it is wild that we were allowed to make this. This is a bold move, and the, we did it for the fans. The fans promised they would show up. We need everybody to spread the word right now about this movie. Like, This is a miracle that this was made, and if this isn't a success, then future content in this vein is not going to happen. there will never
2: be another superhero movie. <laughs> well, honest, no, but just something as no, different yeah, yeah, yeah. as Watchmen, right? Yeah, and know. so he's
0: like, please, seriously, just – Go to the theater more than once if you like the movie. Yeah. Like we need to do everything we can to support. This I mean, type it is, of thing. it's
2: a big, bold R-rated, you yeah. know, like comic book movie. Way before that, was Deadpool made that like a very profitable thing. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Also, can't wait to keep playing Sonic the Snake for the rest of my life. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> See you in Metal Gear Solid Five or Six. I don't know. Hang on, I have to
0: stop writing this blog. I have to take a phone call. <laughs> What's this? Jennifer uh, Brandon...
2: Sutherland. <laughs>
0: Brandon Bird. Do you think that's his real name or is that an homage? I feel like
2: I know Brandon. Well, well Bird. how's Bird spelled? BYD. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, a skater? They, what's that? No, is that a skater? I think, isn't it like a skater? You're thinking skating of Tony company? Hawk. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Oh,
0: that guy that dresses Larry David for Halloween? <laughs> that's right. Uh, you can only choose one, says Brandon Bird. The other is a race from existence. One. No looking ahead nice. of time, Kyle. You, <laughs> hey, Jeff. The Metal Solid 3 ladder oh! climb or the Metal Solid 4 microwave crawl? Which do you choose for making what? the other one erase from existence as if it never happened? Okay. I have I have my answer ready. I have my answer. I have my answer. Jeff. Jeff I don't know what the <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> All right. We everybody who has an answer, say it on the count of three. Okay. Wait, wait,
2: wait. Say, choose the one, say, the one
0: we're keeping. The one we're keeping. Okay. One, two, three, ladder. solid crawl. four
2: microwave crawl. What'd you say? Ladder. Mm. We had a ladder boy,
0: ladies uh, and gentlemen. Ladder Mr. Ladder. ladder. No. Oh, oh, I think that microwave crawl with the
2: former. Is the best part of Metal Gear Solid 4.
0: I agree. Uh, I love What's your reason, cereal? cereal.
3: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. Obviously
2: microwave <laughs> you, have cereal. You, have, you, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever used the ladder before to, while listening to James Bond music? The no, ladder is cool, cool and it's something different but I
0: I think just I the microwave, the microwave had more of an impact because it it's was a emotional. a of the whole series. The climax Mayling firing the <laughs> missiles from the battleship. Like, there's so much going on. It's such an awesome climactic moment yeah, I the know. latter is just Come like, on, this is an odd thing. Alright, fine, whatever. <laughs> you guys you guys can have it. Doesn't it's get to keep it doesn't matter. Oh, it says, it is a race from existence and anybody who likes it <laughs> more than the microwave crawl <laughs> is a race from existence. Oh, uh, Justice. Oh no! Uh, so no, if you okay. want to just go ahead Break and clap that out. Down. Uh, yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, why
2: do you like the ladder, though? Seriously, because it's super funny. Oh, funny! It's funny. So fun. it's funny. <laughs> tears streaming down Hanson's face. I just like faces. that as a gameplay moment and it's just like
1: you are... It's unexpected. Yeah, the game is having this weird moment where it's messing with you by like no, this lighter goes on forever and we're going to emphasize how long it goes by like having Playing this... Playing a three sl- minute song? <laughs> well, like in like one verse at a time every few seconds.
0: Uh, can you make a microwave hallway in... Um, Dreams? The Stranding? Oh. No. <laughs> It's hard to the game, but But you can make town. a huge
2: ladder, though, right?
0: You could make a pretty large ladder. Yeah, you go. Cool. Uh, hang on. And you can, like, make speakers in the game that play music, right? Yes. Can you import your own music?
2: No. Okay. On PC, you might be able to. Maybe. Because that's what you can do that in 5.
0: Hello. Yeah. That's right, because I remember on Idle Thumbs, we talked about this, that somebody made it so that... I forget who it was on Idle Thumbs, but they made it so that when the helicopter came in and solid 5 to... Like the rescue that it would play the Kuber Enthusiasm theme, <laughs> so and that stars the guy that Tony Hawk dressed
2: as. For That's right. right. That's right. <laughs>
0: Travis Lehman writes in, "Hey, Maxinistas, Travis from Las Vegas here. Uh, if you could snap your fingers and make microtransactions and loot boxes disappear in an instant, would you?" I guess. Yeah.
1: What's the downside? I mean, there there would be a lot of games that wouldn't be able to support themselves. I don't there know. we go.
0: Mm. What would the repercussions be? Do you think low-level developers would lose their jobs if you snapped your fingers? Like,
1: you know, phones would be dead. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the melt phones
0: would melt in your yeah. pocket. <laughs>
2: they say low-level developers, but I feel like... I mean, you have to do some math to figure it out, but I feel like the people that benefit the most from microtransactions are like the big AAA mm-hmm, developers. Mm-hmm. I feel like smaller developers who are successful are making games without microtransactions. Okay, but what about
0: like the low-level developers working on something like an NBA 2K20? Oh. Individual developers. Like, okay. Not, not okay. like I guess small I indie developers. Oh, if like okay. <laughs> you snap your finger, that's got right. rid of all microtransactions, do you feel like NBA uh, two... texture artist number 43 on Madden would get a pay cut? Well, NBA was it 2 k 20 yeah. is,
2: is so far the best selling game of the year, period, right? right? right. So I'm, I'm not too worried about them. Right? Am I being harsh? I think
3: and they're yeah, just I they doubt, just so I doubt they're like, oh, we got to put these microtransactions into NBA 2K in order to pay our lowest wage. That's a factor.
0: I think they factored into the overall big salary I think pie. They,
3: I think they just want to take as much money as they can, and it all goes to the people at the top. Yeah. So you eat the, the rich. rich. <laughs> <laughs>
2: eat the rich. <laughs> November 5th mm. was yesterday. What if Excuse all me? games ended remember, up? Remember, co- remember the fifth of November. Oh. that's about eating the rich. What right? if all like no? games okay, ended sorry.
1: up started costing like hundred dollars though?
0: I, but I don't know. I wouldn't.
2: Would you snap your fingers? That's the core of the question. Yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like we're pretty lucky. I mean, it. Video games are expensive. It's an expensive hobby, but like. That price has maintained mm-hmm. for years. Like yeah. we're pretty lucky that games cost. I mean, that, as well as I feel like that—that
1: that is in part why we have microtransactions. Yeah, that's it's, true.
2: Yeah, the that, core, the That line
1: has held so steady. because yeah. right. no one was, no one's going to be the the people who say like now games are seventy dollars.
2: Yeah,
0: Who's Kyle, f- will you snap your fingers or not? Yeah, I think so.
2: Wow. I'm the only that one? That man
0: had a family. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, are we killing the developers? Are we uh, The family? people
0: whose job was to implement, implement microtransactions, if that's like a designated job, which, by the way, can you imagine Probably. sitting in for that interview? Uh, yes, I'm very passionate about this role. Um, <laughs> Melissa Dora says, hello, everybody. Do you any of your parents play or used to play games? If they've never played games or don't play them, what would be the one game you'd recommend to them you believe could reel them in? Um, mm-hmm. No, my parents do not play games. I got my mom to play Beatles rock band once, which was a miracle, but my dad refused to play, and he just was then critiquing my mom on how she was playing guitar <laughs> on this plastic guitar, and it made me so mad. I'm like, that Shut up or step up. Like, play the drums or sing. I don't want to hear you, you know, backseat driving a plastic guitar that you would not know how to hold. And you were singing at the time,
2: so this was echoing in the game itself. (laughs) Yeah, they kept having
0: to do the star power to save me because they kept just screaming at my father. That's
2: uh, uh, I mean, similar. It's funny. Similarly, my parents don't play games. I think I got my dad, who is an amazing guitarist, yeah, and to like try Rock Band once, and he was like, "Oh, this is uh, weird. I don't want to do this anymore." He hocked a loogie at your uh, TV. I showed him Red Dead <laughs> Two last time he was in town. Oh yeah, and he was impressed, but I don't know if he would ever sit down and play it.
0: Yeah, but he wouldn't remember. The movement
2: speed is too slow. He said,
1: <laughs> "I hate the mission design. It's too restrictive." <laughs> what am I building
2: a
0: house? What is this? <laughs> the secret's going on way too long
2: great impression of my dad get over here <laughs> what about like he's like baseball what if you showed him like RBI baseball yeah. <laughs> 19 <laughs> dad I love baseball there's a lot of great baseball games out here let me show you the worst one uh, yeah I don't know he might be into that Would he's he? retired maybe I should get him a playstation he wouldn't like that no he's a sweetheart though he'd probably go along he'd with some it. of it he'd plug it in yeah I <laughs> like this son <laughs> finally yeah. my dad is like 8 different
0: characters <laughs> Jimmy he's Stewart <laughs> He reminds me a little bit of the most boring person on Seinfeld. And I think he'd go a little something like this. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Still uh, in the yeah. Seinfeld voice. Uh,
3: my dad would play Mario Kart with us sometimes. Oh, yeah? I feel like the SNES was like the perfect. Like, after that, it got too complicated for any parent, I feel for, like. For most <laughs> people. Once it, once it was like two joysticks, it's, yeah. it was out, out the window. But he, he used to play Mario Kart with us every now and then. Uh, and my mom would play Tetris. The old oh, like, Tetris Dr. So Mario. Every now and then she'd be like, turn it on for me so I can play Tetris. And
0: turn me like, on, right. Jeff. Turn me on. Yeah.
3: All right, dude. Come on. <laughs> you uh, son of a <laughs> b-. Way to ruin that <laughs> yeah, childhood that memory. <laughs> uh,
1: my dad plays Candy Crush, I think, I don't know, last time I checked in him he played quite a bit. And then he has played one round of wee Bowling. <laughs> that is it. Really? Mm. As far as I know. Yeah.
2: Things could have changed.
1: He said it was like, mm, okay. And then never...
2: And he never put again. on his Jimmy Stewart impression. That's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Ariel. Oh,
4: so you're oh looking kid's <laughs> <and is> coming to kill
1: me. that's the best English you've ever spoken. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How much English do your parents speak? They can speak it. It's just not...
1: Yeah. They have pretty thick accents, I think. So. Would
0: right. it be, like, alarming if you're, like, eating dinner and then you suddenly switched over to English would they be like come on man I mean, don't do this do, to us like,
1: when, I, when I talk to my brother we kind of do that sometimes and they'll sometimes be like hey Spanish or whatever uh, <laughs>
4: or,
2: or whatever
1: <laughs> but like <laughs> the, they'll tell us to speak Spanish or whatever yeah. but like um, what does that sound like what do you mean do they go like
2: Espanol
1: they scream basically okay. N- <laughs> not not at the top of their lungs <laughs> right but they'll right. just be like
2: Espanol oh um, that's fun yeah that's I cute. like the idea of them being just super pissed at their adult children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do they sound like the most standard Seinfeld character? <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Putty. I, I still can't come up with a single Seinfeld character that has like a normal <laughs> Matt, Matt, voice. Uh, uh,
2: What's uh, George's girlfriend's probably right? Uh, any pretty high pitch. Yeah. Um. All of them. Susan. She's pretty. Well, I think this uh, is. I
0: guess. Do you just think everyone's a weirdo? That's kind of the theme of Seinfeld, isn't it? Mm. Yeah.
1: But you like in life, you just think everyone's weird? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What exactly? I can't think of a single
2: normal person because there is no normal person. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what this is, is the only normal right? line? The, the there we go. Oh, look at that! Yeah. Yes. We just
3: merged. Did we
2: quote? Did we both quote that Netflix show? Is that where you got that from? No. Oh, okay. yeah.
3: I was just saying the obvious thing to say in that. Oh, moment. okay. I don't it, need a TV show to tell me what to say. <laughs> Relax. Kyle. You're turning into
0: <laughs> Edward Bailey says there are two things that divide me and my girlfriend. So if you could each weigh in on these important questions, it'd be greatly appreciated. The wall right. in our
2: apartment. <laughs> <laughs> And the microwave hallway. (laughs) And and then there's also that ladder that's way too tall. Neither of us want to climb. We
0: really like this apartment, but the microwave hallway.
2: (laughs) Is it worth it for the rent? It's got
0: fiber. I mean, if you can walk over there. All right. Which is better, Uh, apple juice or orange juice? Orange juice. Orange juice.
1: Orange juice. I used to be an apple juice guy, but now I'm an orange juice guy.
0: grew up. That's right. Uh, Yeah. I think orange juice is better, but it also upsets my tummy. Oh, mm. and so I always go apple juice. Like on a plane, apple mm. juice is my go-to drink. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> 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 we held it side. As we could. <laughs> uh, and then number two,
2: pancakes or waffles? Uh, I'm pan- oh, panca- that, I'm pancakes. That's a good question. I'm pancakes. Waffles. Um, Sound of you, Jeff. I'm-
0: how can you take a pancake over a waffle? It's well,
2: exciting. are we talking
3: Lego waffles or homemade actual? <clears throat> real Let's say waffles. Lego? go to
2: middle of the road breakfast place. Would you rather eat at an IHOP or a Waffle House? Well, that's yeah, yeah. That's sorry. That that was I didn't think that through, and I, I'm I I'm What you I've said, said. I'm disgusted. <laughs> yeah. I'll go
3: waffles yeah, actually because waffle. you know pancakes they can get really dry, even yes. even when you. You you need totally put more syrup them. on them. Yeah, yeah
2: I guess. But oh, what are you I supposed to you do? Could. Pour syrup with each layer of the flapjacks? Dude, hell yeah! Mm-hmm. I just don't like. I, I don't like a crunchy. Like waffles are more crunchy, and I don't really want that in my breakfast. I don't think.
1: Oh no, flavor, my little. Hey, you're the know one that
2: can't <laughs> drink a glass of orange juice. <laughs> Kyle, do you I eat can. cereal? <laughs> no, he's right there. <laughs> uh, cereal? Yeah. Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> and that's crunchy, right? Yeah, but I also t- let it he sit. He every
3: breakfast food is crunchy.
2: Maybe. Well, that, that's why I like pancakes, then, because it's different. Let me change my own. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> wow. This is how I think now. <laughs> how do you take Tricky your eggs? dick over
0: here. Scrambled? Scrambled. Burned to crisp scrambled? Uh, No. Uh, no crisp. Yeah, not quite there. Okay. Some random guy. I don't know who you, oh, he got on our Patreon here. <laughs> uh, he says, hey, guys. So I don't know if you've heard, but Kyle Bossman over the Easy Allies seems to be under the impression, this is outrageous, that Pop-Tarts are better than Toaster Strudels. Well, I firmly believe Toaster Strudels are superior. What's your take on the Pop-Tarts versus Toaster Strudels debate? Uh, Look, Easy Allies can do no wrong, in my opinion. (laughs) This is so wrong, it's confusing. Like, it doesn't track what they're even trying to talk about because (laughs) Toaster Strudels are so obviously superior that to have the flip for your fun game about which games you're really looking forward
2: to... Melts my brain. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I I, this super some random guy brought this up. Yes. Wait. What's the game? So yes. Thank you. First of all, some random guy for explaining this because I've been confused about this.
0: Okay. So they talk about like upcoming games and you're allowed to choose which one uh, is going. You're not looking forward to and which one you're really really looking forward to and you only have like one option one chip to put on each uh, mm-hmm. area this is a terrible analogy or explanation I think you're making it more complicated anyways the point is they'll be like hey cyberpunk 2077 if you're really looking forward to it you say this that's my pop tart and if you're not looking for it, you think it's going to be disappointing, you say, that's my toaster strudel, because they think toaster strudels are gross.
2: Toaster strudels, oh. it comes with, like, the cream you put on top. Am I thinking of the right no, thing? I, it's, it's, like, 3,000 times better than any Pop-Tart. I'm a, I'm a new Easy Allies listener, yeah. and I was extremely confused about this. <laughs> I did not understand what was happening, because I was, like, I thought the same thing. I was, like, oh, well, clearly toaster strudel is obviously the one that they choose yes. for the better. And then, But then you listen, and they're, like, I'm not really looking forward to this game. I'm going to give it the superior breakfast yes. pastry. And I'm, like... What is happening?
0: Maybe in California, it somehow it's completely the opposite. Okay. I
3: don't understand. Folks, we can we can solve all this on the first episode of Min Snacks. Oh Hang on. Which That's by a way, way, really good I idea. I think
1: I've had maybe one toaster strudel my entire life. Oh, I don't think I've, think I've, I've ever had several popsicles. I love that. I That's love perfect, that idea. Then. Yeah. Do
3: they make us more strudel? Probably. I don't know. Write
0: that down, sir. Write s'mores. that down.
3: Probably a s'mores Pop-Tart at no. least,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I think there right are s'mores Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I've had them before a lot. This They're is a very, very deep a lot. cut. Quite a bit. Probably It's probably the, most, the flavor I eat the most. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I get
2: this a lot. Water. You okay with this, water. Jeff? I
0: guess. Yeah. Water-flavored <laughs> Pop-Tarts. Whatever. Yeah, that's the one I always get. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> water. But this is a very deep cut, but uh, years ago I made uh, a documentary about the game, some Game former guys trying to get the world record for playing Smash Brothers the longest, Smash Brothers Brawl, of course. Um, and I think it was in like the outtakes, which we also posted on YouTube. But in that, and correct me, it was some combination of either Tim Turry or uh, best buddy Dave Clapp. I think it was Dave Clapp said the phrase, the top part of a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and it will really rock your brain. It's the like I'd rather have a bottle in front of, a of in front of me than top a front of a lobotomy. It's just a very oh. simple version of that, and it's the very pop, good. The top, the top part of, of a Pop-Tart. Tart. That's
2: good. Um, is the best part of the Pop-Tart. The top part? <laughs> top part of the Pop-Tart.
0: Uh, Ryan Schaefer says, what's the best pizza in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area? I'm on a journey of discovery. Jeff Markifava. Well, I'd be yes. curious about your answer. The floor is yours. I, I feel like I'm still exploring when, those.
3: When I did the year of the pizza... Uh, five years ago it rivaled whatever. the year
1: of Luigi yes I t- <laughs> was this was this for this for the game I Palmer tweeted
3: n- no I tweeted okay. every time I ate a pizza though oh okay and I counted it and it got up to like 86 in a year or something mm-hmm. like that I, hospital I wasn't. Visits. yes I, <laughs> I wasn't married at the time um, <laughs> but at the end mess is I message why she married you. yes I,
0: she was she a nurse she is a pizza
3: yeah. uh, <laughs> I I I decided at the end what, I guess, what my favorite was, and I said Crescent Moon Bakery, which does an Afghani pizza. And I remember I got a, a one message that was very upset about it, and they said, just because it's called pizza doesn't make it pizza, because I think it was a little oh, racist. Oh, he thought that it
0: wasn't actual pizza? Well, I, here's the is, thing. Of, I think what is was an Afghani racist. pizza? It's just a good pizza. I think – I don't know the history or if it's actually any sort of recipe that comes from Afghanistan or anything. But Crescent Moon Bakery had a couple locations, has a couple locations in the cities. But I think it timed up with when the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis. They renamed the entire store the name of the pizza. So now the store is called Football Pizza. Yeah. Because the pizza is in the shape of a football. Yeah. but It's
3: kind of a – a stretched out pizza.
0: Yeah, it's 100% my answer too. Especially if you get that spicy sauce with that. and You mm-hmm. get the green stuff to dip it in. And the Afghani meat on it. Oh, this is a layer I've never done. What is Afghani meat? I don't know what kind of meat it is. Just because they, they like, just call, call it meat. It it, but it's it like the
3: meat that's meat. in a euro, right? Isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's like, like a lamb family sliced lamb, or something? sliced lamb, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's really? really good. I'll I've have to before. get that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, if you're in Minneapolis, or St. Paul, yeah. Crescentwood Bakery slash football pizza. Unbelievable.
3: This is another thing we can solve in mint snacks. We can start a whole pizza series and find out the best pizza places. Mm, That's a good idea. Have you reached out to them
1: about
3: uh,
0: sponsoring the show?
1: (laughs) The Football Pizza. Hello. I mean, they'd have to send us several free pizzas for us to (laughs) try (laughs) them and and be be
0: able to talk about it. Yeah, and And we need to constantly line the studio with... Uh, pizzas fresh out of the oven just as heating devices. <laughs> yes. uh, let's see. Nick Mantegani says, are there any games, movies, TV shows, et cetera, that stood out to you for being partially or entirely set in your town, state, region? For example, um, minor spoilers, spoilers for Breaking Bad here, uh, but the entire New Hampshire story in the final season was mind-blowing for me and everyone else in the state uh, because we're from New Hampshire. Mm. P.S. I've never understood the New Hampshire thing Hanson does and at this point <laughs> I'm not even sure I want to know. Yeah, you probably don't. Um, Yeah, what what stands out to y'all? I feel like anything set in Minnesota stands out to
3: Minnesotans, right? Grumpy old men. Grumpy old men, Jingle All the Way. Rio. And Fargo, which (laughs) is the confusing one.
0: Fargo is, yeah, it's the very confusing one because that's technically North Dakota, but so much of the movie Fargo takes place in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. and it's weird like seeing, oh, they're driving on 35, I think, you know? And was it supposed to be Minnesota?
3: Yeah. Oh, where like, the where like the cabin were is? Were they were they calling it Fargo, Minnesota? No, as no, just no, like no, a no, joke no. no,
0: it's just that the the bad folks came from Fargo originally, but everything mm. is taking place uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota, and then the show Fargo is is funny because I think it's in the second season. There's a moment where they go to Duluth. Uh, Minnesota and they show like skyscrapers there it's like cause they filmed it somewhere else entirely and it's like you yeah. idiots come on
2: what's that show that's I haven't watched any of it yet but it's on HBO now with uh, John Goodman and the guy from Workaholics it's like the the diamonds the sapphires you guys not know what I'm talking about you're thinking of Pokemon
1: oh, oh no, I
2: know. Uh, like Roseanne are you thinking Roseanne <laughs> no, no. That... Gosh,
1: the, it's not like the, the fucking... gemstones yeah the, the right? righteous gemstones. The righteous
2: gemstones. Yeah, was shot in my college town, and like a friend of mine mm-hmm. who still lives there was even it, like like they shot scenes from it like in the restaurant that he worked yeah. at. And, and, they like and they shot yeah. him. And they shot him. I remember dude. when I, I, when I show. lived in Nebraska, people got really excited about the movie Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's,
1: on that. that's on the moment. Yeah, with Will Forte,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Was filmed there. I did you ever I, watch uh, it? No. <laughs> One of the biggest reactions I've ever heard from a movie was seeing Juno, which takes place in Minnesota, in the town of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Because at a certain point in Juno, they mentioned St. Cloud, Minnesota. And it was like somebody lit the people in the theater on fire. Everyone's like, what? Like It was <laughs> screaming. It was pandemonium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta
3: was... do something for entertainment up here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll take anything we can get. We'll yell at whatever they'll show us. I don't care. They're uh, <laughs> seeing Inside Out in a Minnesota theater. I yeah. felt like was especially like Upsetting because <laughs> it's about like leaving Minnesota to a certain and missing degree. Minnesota, and then also in the new Ant Man, don't they call out Minnesota or Minneapolis or something like that? I don't There's like one line where they're talking <laughs> about rust getting on the bottom of your car, and they say Minneapolis. Oh, really? It's very strange. Yeah. Huh. yeah, we're very excited about that type of thing. I was
0: excited when I saw the name of this company, and I was like, Wait, Min's in it with two ends.
1: That's crazy. Right. So <laughs> Every time you check the Patreon, it's like, Hey, that's me. Hey, look at that.
0: Austin M. Jones says, Hey, y'all, this is Austin from Cleveland. You may remember me as one of the mini Zoom owners that wrote into ah. the Game Informer mm. show. My Zoom has unfortunately passed on.
4: Oh. Oh. I was about to suggest oh. we have a Zoom only
0: meetup at some point. but <laughs> We'll send mm. you the address on your Zune. <laughs> uh, but on that topic, is there any archaic or outmodeled technology that any of you guys still swear by? Anybody still rocking an iPod shuffle or a flip phone with no internet? Thank you. Great question. Mm.
1: I still use earbuds, which I feel like in this group makes me feel like <laughs> I'm rocking because you got to go wireless. I don't want to go wireless. You should so go wireless. Good, I've it's never amazing. had a pair of wireless headphones that were as reliable as a
2: pair of earbuds. Hanson and I are he- AirPod boys, and yeah. it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I saw wow, something really? about an M- More than marrying your wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, that was more important. Okay, yes. no, 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 no. Marrying your wife no. or oh, can't take it, it back. Yeah. But She bought them for me. Is that
0: <laughs> Marriage is like one long microwave hallway. The best part of Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah, I would argue that it's more like a Metal Gear Solid Three ladder. <laughs> uh, uh, Church bells rung. I don't know. Um, the what a uh,
2: <laughs> what's it about the AirPod Pro? What are those? I saw that uh, I they don't know. exist. They have but... noise canceling and they have they have rubber tips. I'm happy with rubber tips. Have. So I guess I guess we have outdated Perfect. technology with last oh my gen God. AirPods at this yeah. point. There you go. Uh, my
3: answer for outdated technology that I still like. Is books.
0: Huh? Books, you Yeah, say. Haven't heard of Books.
1: These. Stop using your internet. Print media. Book.
0: Back in my day, television was called books. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. saying? Yeah. Okay. You <laughs> saw well, it in
3: your mind.
0: Get a little of this one then, Jeffem. Taylor Owen says, I hear Min Max is about more than just games. Is that right? What? If so, prove it. What's the best book you've read this year? I read... Takahiko Vagabond, and it's one of my all-time favorites.
1: Does it have to be from this year?
0: You have to read, read it, it this year. This
1: year? Oh, okay. I, I've read, uh, I'm blanking on the author, but The Invisible Bridge, which is mm. a ridiculously long book where he just kind of chronicles the history of, like, Reagan and the mm. conservative movement that kind of built up or like, around the time that he was starting to sort of come into prominence as a politician. What led you to that? I just like reading about, like... History. I, I read Nixon Land, which is also by him. It's kind of, this is kinda of like the sequel to that where it kind of picks up um where that book left off. So it's like a, a long series of books about We got a
2: Smarty uh, Pants over here. I like yeah. the idea of like of a, a series of history novels being called sequels.
1: Well it's like like because that one ends when he's no, about it to be impeached. and then you yeah. know
2: this one picks up when he's being impeached. So. Yeah. Uh I haven't read any books since because 'cause I'm lame. Is that true? I don't think I have, yeah. Not even like a strategy guide? Well, I read a lot of books to my kid.
0: Oh, okay. What's, What's the best favorite? one?
2: What's the best one you've read to your kid? I was talking about Howl's Moving Castle with you earlier. That oh, was, go on. That was a weird one to read. Why? Well, okay. Do you want me to go <laughs> Why? into it? There's a, there's a part. So Howl's Moving Castle book. Uh, they made the, uh, Miyazaki made the animated mm-hmm. film based on it, which is very good. But there's a sequence that was not in the film that is in the book where Howl goes through a portal and comes to the real world. Hmm. And he has family in the real world. And uh, Sophie, who's with him, is just totally blown away by the idea of cars and stuff like that. and And Howell goes and visits his nephews and and he and he they're playing video games. And we get to hear a description from the character Sophie of what she thinks this thing is. For someone who has never seen a TV or understands what technology is or anything. Hmm. And then then he just goes back to Magic Land. It was
0: very weird. I think that Miyazaki seeing that section and be like, snip, 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 <laughs> get <laughs> that the nope. hell out of here. That's so uh, a cool book. Yeah. Um, I have, have been very naughty this year. Um, <laughs> where it was I, all I, smut. You've only been reading <laughs> I've smut- been looking at photos of my smut. all year. <laughs> 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 Detailed book length descriptions <laughs> of my. <laughs> uh, no, like I, I really only read one big book this year, but I was blown away by it, and it's uh the biography of Ulysses S. Grant, Ron Chernow's uh-huh. uh, biography of Grant, um, and it was so good. It's just like this era of U.S. history that I, I get it, like Civil War, I get it, but. Actually walking through that and having such a better understanding of like what Grant was so great at as a military leader and just going step by step through the Civil War was just fascinating. And then there's just small stuff that I have never thought about, right? Where it's like after the Civil War, it's like, okay, we're one country again. And then there's the weird moment of like – so the Southerners can just like join the – Army and we just hand them a gun and then they stand right next to <laughs> us like are you guys nuts? There's like these little details I never considered and the oh I literally was scared. I was reading this during the day and got freaked out the entire chapter on the Lincoln assassination because originally uh, John Wilkes Booth was going to take out Grant as well. That was a, that was a whole idea and so they were at a hotel I think in D.C. and Grant was eating with his family and John Wilkes Booth and Uh, Like his whole team of weirdos were at a table sitting next to him just to monitor Grant. And they said that they noticed him because they were freaked out because (laughs) – oh, it's so terrifying. I don't know why. Okay, So John Wilkes Booth or one of his, his partners was just watching them and studying them. And they said he had a bowl of soup and he had a spoonful of soup. That he didn't bring all the way up to his mouth. It was just like halfway up to his mouth and he was just staring at the Grant family as they're eating. And then apparently um, Lincoln invited uh, the Grant family to come to the play, My American Cousin, that night. But because Mary Todd Lincoln was such a piece of work and everybody hated her, especially Grant's wife, she's like – I cannot spend any time with Mary Todd Lincoln. Like, we cannot go to that play, dude. Like, we got to get out of here. I (laughs) would rather die. Yes, exactly. And so then they left town, and as they're in the carriage leaving town, oh, John Wilkes Booth rode up on a horse and they didn't know who this guy was like they recognized him from earlier from the soup soup guy yeah the soup guy but he rode up on a horse and was like riding alongside the carriage and then was like leering into the carriage to see like who all was in there and they're like what the hell like this creepy dude he's like oh and then he went and shot Lincoln in the head like oh just what a creepy guy John Wilkes Booth no good not a fan fan. cancel that guy yeah (laughs) um let's see Daniel White says, will there ever be another Ben Hanson, Jeff Cork podcast? Um, he types as Girls Not Gray by AFI's playing <laughs> in the background. Um, unclear, but I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Um, and that's that's what Mid-Max you guys is made for. do a for. My
2: Chemical Romance uh, I would rather die.
0: <laughs> what would we like to announce? Like my Todd Lincoln. Let's see. Robbie <laughs> Flanagan says, Question is mostly for Kyle, but I'm curious to hear from you all. If you could remake any Legend of Zelda game in the style of another Legend of
2: Zelda game, mm-hmm. what would you do? You know, I thought about this a little bit. And I think, and I don't know if it could be done, but I would like to see like Link to the Past done in like, uh, like an Ocarina of Time. Kind hmm. of look, like I guess I guess you could even say like Breath of the Wild if you want, but like just the idea of like not remaking it like Link's Awakening where it's still just a 2D Zelda game, but taking that layout and that world and making it like fully 3D and moving the camera like behind yeah. Link. I think that'd be cool. I don't know how doable that is. Like I yeah. don't know if they just have to change the puzzle structure of the dungeons like completely, but I think that could be cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, how you doing on time, Kyle? I need to leave soonish. We have a lot to go through what do you want to do here um well i need to leave I, I don't know i've got maybe like 10 minutes uh we have more than 10 minutes worth of content would you want to just duck out it, that's as long as that's okay with you guys i mean do you mind if i just duck out for the last bit of the podcast i think that that's okay? fine okay um should i just head out now do you are you gonna cut here or do you want me to announce it i was
0: planning it? on it but i can i can cut here whatever
2: you want to what do, dude whatever you want to do man uh okay yeah you're welcome to uh you want me to announce my departure
0: yeah you're welcome to announce your departure you guys good yeah, it's good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Great kids to pick up. Please, I was okay. gonna pick up your kid. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Jeff can go for me. <laughs> we can just split it up every thirty and minutes. we Come and in. Food. Food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey guys, I'm gonna head out because I gotta go pick up a child from. Sounds so daycare. phony. Well, what do you want me to say? Just. I'm gonna uh, leave. To just things? say you don't like us, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, do you need to watch this kid all the time? Yeah, they're not that self-sufficient, or they will be at some point. But uh, she could survive in a forest at this. point. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about listening to the last bit of this podcast as a fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Put a, make sure to put a timestamp that says Kyle start listening. Here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> okay, bye. The ladder's in the back. Uh, yeah, it's really long. It please don't forget. Oh
1: hall, yeah, you're gonna have yeah.
0: to go, <laughs> go through the microwave hall instead of the ladder. Uh, Oh, boy. Uh, Love you. uh, Bye. Tadatui says, hello, (laughs) mini mousers? Kyle, whatever. (laughs) Kyle, the floor is yours? (laughs) Um, Serial, did you look into the Pokedex stuff and the leak for Pokemon? Uh, Yeah. Did I break something? Hang on. Kyle asked, did he break something? Uh, Our hearts? Would you like to keep interrupting the podcast? (laughs) Do you want to come back and talk about Pokemon?
2: Uh, I'm sad Bulbasaur is
0: gone, I guess. Kyle says he's sad Bulbasaur has gone. Forever. Uh, and then he made a very offensive oh, uh, imitation, which I, I, don't, I don't think know. we can we, work with this guy.
3: Kind of a wiggle. you <laughs> <A laughs> showing me
1: I his
0: Uh. No,
1: I looked into it a little bit. I'm not super researched, but basically, you know, Pokemon is leaked. Um, and, like, they, they showed off all the evolutions for the starters and stuff, which I that I, I haven't seen. I don't want to know anything about, about that. Um, but more, I think most people are saying that according to that leak, it seems like there are only 400 Pokemon out of the yeah. potential, what, 800? Around there, yeah. yeah. Lame. And so there was a chart that said, like, here are all the Pokemon from, like, most of the other games. And, you know,
0: most of them weren't in it. Uh, which Like, is including... A- Spoiler, I guess if you care about this type of thing, like Bulbasaur is not Squirtle. in the game. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly, I I know I I'm gonna out myself as not the biggest Pokemon fan by saying this, but I love Pokemon. I'm like, I don't. Care. Like, the point of playing a new Pokemon game is to use new Pokemon. And I like the idea of. Or collect all your favorite Pokemon. I understand that, that but what percentage of people are actually collecting every Pokemon ever in each Pokemon I game? I don't know. I wouldn't either,
3: but I want Squirtle, damn it. Is that true? Yes. You have hundreds. You
0: have 400 other Pokemon to choose from. Do you we know can't how get many, outside of our comfort zone. Do you know how zone? many Squirtles how I many had in Pokemon Go? <laughs> it was just walls, like pages after pages yeah, of Squirtles. Yeah. I would understand this if there were like. The number that are in Pokemon Snap, which is like a disappointingly no, low number of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But 400? We're going to have some interesting decisions to make. No, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, I, it's, team. I, I, it's like I, the Thanos Snap again.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, basically what it was. Like, I, I'm Thanos. definitely like, I can feel <laughs> I the, the, the disappointment Thanos. from people. Because it definitely, when even when I heard about deck stuff, it de- definitely felt like, oh, yeah, it's like 200 Pokemon, whatever. Like, yeah. the fact that it's even more than that seems like pretty cr- like pretty major. Yeah. Um, I feel, like, surprisingly lucky in that most of, like, my favorite Gen 1 Pokemon are still in it. Like, Gastly and, and Arcanine are still in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Charizard is, like, the one of those three. Because, of course, they they made, a, they made a fourth Charizard or whatever at this point, right? It birthed um, him out of a tube. Yeah. Um, um, but, like, even then, I think I would, like, when I played Sun and Moon, I think... Growlithe was, like, the only Pokemon from Gen 1 that I kept. Like, everything else was, like, fairly new, if I remember correctly. Maybe Politoed. I think I had one of those. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I don't mind using a bunch of new Pokemon. But the more of this gets out, the more I'm just like, yeah. The, it. I, I understand if you're bummed, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the kind of person who, who doesn't really – isn't going to be super impacted by this. But – If the whole point of that series is to collect as many Pokemon as possible and they're giving you less Pokemon to to collect, like, even if it's, like, a huge work, like, horse issue for them, like, I can totally see why people would be disappointed. Oh, horse issue? Work horse. Like, the fact that they have to put so much effort into animating Mm -hmm. them or or whatever it is that they said, like, it seems like, yeah, I I totally understand the the sentiment.
0: Yeah. You're right. You're much more reasonable. I understand it. It's just I don't. It doesn't bum me right. out. personally about I'm not that super game. affected by it. No. cuz I'll just pick whatever new pokemon they have, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh Siraj says Hey Maxers, this is Siraj from Houston. Hello. Um oh, been listening since episode 0. Congratulations. All right. I used to work as a Japanese translator at a certain notorious airline company that starts with a U. Before getting that job, I used to watch conferences like the 2017 Switch reveal and the like and complain about how bad the translations were while not really knowing how live, how hard live translation was until I had to do it myself. My question is, do you guys have any interesting memories with any translators that you've worked with throughout your careers? Uh, they're all saints, especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to do a mm-hmm. jokey video like a rapid fire or something. That they have to translate jokes is just... It melts some of their brains, but mm-hmm. the ones that can do it well, it's just awe inspiring. It is like literally a superpower when you go to another country and you have a translator you have to just look for for all support. Um, and so they're they're heroes. They're the real mm-hmm. heroes out there.
1: Yeah. That's right. I remember that time we went to the, on the Seiko cover story and we went to the we went to dinner with a bunch of de- Japanese developers and the translator, and he, was, oh he, he did so much work that conversation. Yeah. That, that entire dinner. And is, it's supposed
0: to be him just relaxing, and instead it's yeah. like, oh, I cannot turn my brain off, and also I can't eat my dinner, because otherwise it is awkward silence or uh, some yeah. fun game of charades with these developers. Yeah, you know? He's the bottleneck yeah. that yeah. everything has to go through. On this last Pokemon trip, um, David is an amazing translator, if you've seen any... E3 presentations or interviews with the Pokemon devs. You probably have seen this bald David guy in the background, shaved head, I should say. Um, and he's incredible. And I love that I was kissing his ass about what what a good translator he was, as far as I could tell, on that Pokemon trip. And then somebody brought up like how amazing he is that like even in the translation community, it's like he is well regarded, even like from Nintendo, and I was like, oh, that Pokemon translator is great because it, you know, Pokemon Company is a separate entity. Um, and they specifically point out That at E3 2016, there was the Pokemon Go panel where they had, like, you know, the president of the Pokemon company, Miyamoto. Uh, Obviously, they had, like, you know, folks from Game Freak there. So, it was just – there was probably, like, eight different developers. Most of them only spoke Japanese. And they had to conduct this panel. And he was the only translator. And so, he was translating everybody's answers but then also all the English into Japanese all at the same time. It was all going through him. And somebody brought it up on that Pokemon trip because, like, it's rare that somebody will comment on the translation. But I went back and checked it just today. And it's true that, like, there are so many comments on that video of people who speak Japanese just going, like, holy God, mm. that translator. Like, I've mm. never seen somebody work that fast and be that accurate and good.
3: He's, like, one of the people that can see the future in Minority Report, where it's just, <laughs> yes. like, all streams through. Yes,
0: him. it really is. Yeah, it's <laughs> wild. Um, let's see... Oh, Grizzled Gaming says you can file this under the getting better category. I know that Cyril has lost a lot of weight, but I didn't realize how much until I recently saw an older video he was in. I was hoping he'd be willing to talk a little bit about it, like how much he lost, how long it took him. Uh, it depend. Like it's been ongoing for a while.
1: Like since even before. Like I was in the middle of that loss while during that first video. Even. I'm
0: sorry for your loss, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I, I cherish it. Um. <laughs>
1: I don't know what do you what exactly did he want to know? How and why? How did you do it? Uh, I just mostly st- like I, for a long time I was on keto, uh, and then uh, I basically just kind of because the thing that I wanted to build up when I was on keto is just like having a habit of like eating like healthier foods more regularly and just like not having like the temptation to eat you know a bunch of fast food and stuff. Um, and then the the biggest thing I did was move here. Like that that definitely helped because. You know when you're when you're in charge of like what am I going to put in my environment? You start thinking a lot more about like oh the reason I don't actually like I, I'm not usually all that hungry that much. It's just like food happens to be around. Yeah. Um. And so like I just made a concerted effort to not have like a ton of like snacks and stuff. And it's like I'm only so you're <laughs> desperate to try and get away
0: from snacks.
1: Right. Like that. That, uh-huh. is, <laughs> that is that perfect. is perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: Thank you for supporting our Patreon. Yeah. Uh,
1: but like. I mean, even with that, though, like, I made it – it's not like I stopped eating, like, f- you know, snacks or, like, sugar all entirely. That's the it's, thing. Because,
0: like, yeah, you go out to eat on work trips or whatever and, like, you're stuffing your face. You're getting whatever. Well,
1: like – but I do, like, that. I make the exception of, like, if I'm going to go get something that is, like, ice cream or something, I want it to be an excursion. I don't want to have it readily yeah. accessible. But, okay, no. so, I mean,
0: you've lost – what's the total here?
1: Uh, So, like, the, the most I've ever weighed was, like, 350. And then now I'm at, like, 190. That's – insane so but like it that that was over the course of several years like that wasn't yeah. like a thing that happened once since i got here
0: do you and this sounds naive but you know what it's worth asking walking around and hauling 350 pounds that's impossible if i put 350 pounds on jeff right now he would snap <laughs> like crush. a baby little die. twig mm. so do you find like it's just much easier to walk around, or does the body adjust to the point where when you weighed 350, you were actually pretty strong just to haul around 350? I don't,
1: I, I don't know, because, like, I remember there was, like, a time when we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to calculate, like, joules or whatever, the force of, like, you're supposed to calculate how much force or momentum or whatever, like, you're you're, you're doing as you're running or something, and it's like, oh, yeah, God, you got to calculate how, or, like, whatever the force, like, um we were doing, like, E equals MC squared or something or whatever the force... Like, for torque or whatever it is that you calculate when you're in motion. Okay. Um, but like, running at the speed of light? Is that what that's I'm That's right. <laughs> okay. No, but just, like, calculate basically your weight times your mass or whatever. Like, sure. and Like, your speed and see how much force is behind your regular run speed. And I I had, like, the highest because I weighed, like, 300 pounds. So, like – but – so, there was a part of me that was, like, am I – like, I'm exerting way more effort to move the same amount of distance. So, am I stronger than people? And I, I don't know that I've necessarily – Felt that now that I've lost a bunch of weight, but I like running became a lot easier over the course of like months that I did. Why do you think that is? I mean, well, part of it is like I built that muscle up. Yeah. All right. But also like, yeah, I think having less weight to, to run with makes it easier to run.
0: Is it harder than people think, or easier than people think to lose a lot of weight?
1: Uh, I think it's, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. For really? sure Yeah. Like it. it like I said, it, it wasn't a thing that happened while I was like, I took me years to figure out how to actually properly do it. Right. Yeah. So it's like it, it is a combination of like eating right and having and exercising regularly, but it, which is simple, but it is like doing that consistently.
0: Right. What's the greatest advantage of losing all that weight like what's the thing that stands out to you is just like weird things like oh
1: I mean a lot of it is self esteem uh, yeah. a lot of it is like just realizing that you can be like like fitting in. like honestly like 2XL was like my goal when I started because like that's when like you don't get into the like the big and tall brands, so right? you were in the big and tall section before. Yeah, for a while. Like I, I was, it was, and I saw like, oh, here's a cool thing on Threadless or something, or like, here's a cool T-shirt that I want to get. They don't have it in a lar- in a size larger than two XL, so I want to get to two XL. Yeah. Then you find out two XL is meaningless uh, in a lot of ways because different companies have different sizes. Sure. Um, so That's and really then after cool that, them. yeah, uh, yeah, and it, like also part of it is like realizing that it won't. it's not like a thing that will will make you happy. Like my self esteem Mm. didn't improve, but a lot of it is like, why am I like so upset at myself is like weight is only part of it. And so the other thing was like developing healthy habits, but also realizing that, you know, that is not the only issue that you have. And so starting to work on other stuff uh, like mental issues and stuff like that. So that, that has been helpful in terms of figuring out, you know, how to improve myself as a whole.
0: Yeah. What, do you think when you go back and see an older video of yourself, I
1: it is a little weird because like part of me uh, is a little like I, I bought into the idea that like oh you have to you have to be thin to really feel good about yourself. Like mm-hmm. I don't want people didn't for this to take away and say like hey if you're overweight like you should feel bad about yourself. Right. So that's the thing that I kind of struggle with is like am I perpetuating that that idea? Yeah. By like losing a, a ton of weight. Hmm. Uh, and because when I told myself like yeah a lot of it is because I want to feel healthy. I don't want to like like breathe heavily like most of the time which i did when i when i was like 350 but like uh i also want people to feel comfortable in their bodies and a part of it was like coming like meeting myself halfway of saying like yeah i'm, I'm gonna lose weight but also i want to take steps to feel better about myself as a person mm-hmm. um so like i struggle with a little bit of that because i remember a while ago i listened to that this american life episode uh where they talked a lot about weight loss and there was the you know, the story of the person who lost a whole ton of weight and then realized that they were happier when they were – before they lost weight because they weren't as self-conscious about it and weren't oh, that's thinking interesting. about it. So I will say that I think about like weight and how to like – when what should I eat when or whatever like more than I do now. And it feels like it is taking up all, more of my brain space than it has before. So that's the thing that I've, that I've kind of internalized a little bit that I kind of want to weed myself off of of just like mm-hmm. – yeah, you know, like be, not having snacks around the house and like being more regular about my diet, but like also realizing like at some point, like, it, you know, like just mm-hmm. eat whatever, like, well, not eat whatever whenever you want, but like if you see something that is like, if you're out, just like, you know, have another beer or something. Like it's not, it's not. <laughs> the end of the world if you have like an extra beer while you're, for, you're hanging well, out. You're th-
0: doing it right like 90% of the time. Right, so, exactly. You
1: know. It's just doing it right enough that, that the trend is, is downward when it comes to losing
0: weight. Yeah, somebody once said the idea of like you're not making or breaking losing weight by the course of one day. By being yeah. really good one day or being really mm-hmm. bad one day and just eating yeah. a ton of food, you know. Um, it's a habit thing. Uh, you ready for a doozy here? Thank you for sharing by the way, sir. Yeah, no. thank you. Uh, Joe Juba Wrote in. Oh, oh, that guy? And said, hey, guys, if you think it would make the show better, I have a game for you. Who wants to kiss me? Uh, he says, I've, I've provided each one of you with three possible headlines for an actual article you published at Game Informer back in, oh, for some reason, mm, the year 2016. I like, you kinda should have been here for this one, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can you tell me which one is the correct final headline and which ones are made up? Mm, okay. Jeffem, um, no, I can't. The headline for your bravely second review okay. is it a grind of a different color, saving the world again and again, or that familiar feeling? <laughs> God, this is bravely impossible. second impossible. That, that
3: feels like something, and that's only like three years ago.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, man, I have no idea. A grind of a different color. What were th- saving the world again and again, or that familiar feeling?
1: I feel like that familiar feeling is like the worst one, but also for, like because of the context of the question, it makes me want to pick that one, not knowing the actual answer.
0: See, sure, this is this was my review. This is your review. Because Joe Juba was kind enough to not include the correct answer, so I had to go back and look at all these <clears throat> oh, to actually perfect. find what the right answer
3: um, was.
0: Uh, your life will not hinge yeah. on this answer. I
3: guess. I guess. I'll say it should be a grind of a different color.
0: It is a grind of okay. a different color. I was smart back then Way too. To go. All right, surreal. Your <sighs> review for I don't even. I mean, the biggest review for 2016. Mm-hmm. Here they lie. Oh. <laughs> is it undead on arrival? A surreal nightmare, or scary for the wrong reasons?
1: Uh, I think I do remember. I think it is a surreal nightmare. It's a surreal nightmare. Because
0: right. it
3: sounds like surreal.
0: Yep. Is that, yeah. 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 You always Same, kept slipping in plugs for your promotion. for me. my name. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one stumped me. Uh, ben Hansen's Game Informer Show excerpt on YouTube. Oh, I'm glad that it came up for something for you yep. too. Is it Why Horizon Zero Dawn is So Exciting? Why Prey is so exciting, <laughs> or why Breath of the Wild is so exciting. Is it all of the above? <laughs> That'd be really funny. No, I had no idea. I had to Google these one by one. Uh, I'm going to say, well, so now we're guessing on yours? Yes. Horizon? It was why Horizon Zero Dawn is so mm-hmm. exciting. What a bad name for well, YouTube I, Knowing you,
1: I f- I would, it, like, Breath of the Wild would have been why Breath of the Wild is a 10 out of 10.
0: Well, sure, but I think this is from the cover story, Impressions. Oh, okay. Um, I think right. that's why he chose those three. Oh, I see. Anyways, good times. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Dakota Sal, Salmaron, Salmarillion uh, says, Hey, everyone, now that tabletop gaming will be included in the content, thanks to everybody donating at patreon.com slash minmax, uh, what's everyone's favorite game? I've heard that Hanson definitely enjoys Avalon, but is it number one? Contrary to what you heard on the Game Informer show, Avalon is not my favorite tabletop game anymore. What is your favorite? It was for a long time. Like I loved Avalon. I still love Avalon. Then, uh, for a while, it shifted and was code names. Okay. Um, then this year, I went hot and heavy with Betrayal, and the House on the Hill. And I was like, Yeah, this is my favorite game. This is about everything I love. Um, then for a while, it was Azul. It was like, this is great. So this basically, <laughs> whatever you played last. But I think now, no, a, a little bit. But I think going through everything, I think, realistically, the best tabletop game, I think it's Codenames. I think that mm-hmm. is just one of the smartest designs you could ever come up with for a group game. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, That's what's good. your number
3: one? That is an impossible question. Uh-huh. uh And I had to look through, because a lot of games I've only played once or twice, and so it, it feels weird to call it out as the best one. So this is slightly random, but I would I would say at this point I'm going to go with Camel Up. Camel Up? Yes, which is kind of this lighter racing game where you're betting on camels oh, yeah. as they go around uh and it's just the camels stack on each other, which is so the who's ahead in the race is changing all the time and it's just it's family Weight, or you know, a game that you can play with a lot of people, it plays a lot of people in a short, relatively short amount of time, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, even little kids can play it, and it, there's just a lot of excitement from turn to turn where it's hmm. where things are changing, you're betting, and then immediately your bets way off, and yeah. So, and it, it's just a, a very smart design, too. As well,
1: so. I want
0: to check it out for sure. Were
3: you there when you played that one game that sounds very similar but was like based on F1 racers, Downforce? Yeah, yeah, is that similar? It, a little bit like. That one, I think, there's a little more strategy in it. it. It's not, you know, like literally your camel. A camel can go from last place to first place in a, in a single, single turn, turn. and okay. so hmm. that one's a little kind of wackier. But okay. but kind of a similar thing, yeah. Where sure. you're where you're trying to bet on different I,
0: cars. I've been meaning to ask you um, a long time ago on Letterman. There's this clip I saw once where he had like a posture expert on. Um, and she was looking at his posture, and she goes, have you ever had the, the hump of a camel? And he goes, I don't know about that, but in college, I was pretty good. <laughs> Is that a good joke? Or? I, I guess. Okay. That's a Letterman joke. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I think... Uh yeah, I probably have to go with Conan's as well. Just cause yeah. I, Avalon. The more you play it, the more nervous it is to start playing because it's like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a whole. Like it's I can see, thing. I can see the tragedy coming of like someone <laughs> being mad at each other and people being like, "I was telling you the whole time." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a very. It's not a game that I'm always
0: in the mood for, you know. Yeah. But it is amazing. Like playing it with every intern group that went through Game Informer. Uh, like I'd say, it's genuinely bad vibes 40% of the time were people leaving at the end of the night where yeah. it's like well I love man not, that's not the game like yeah. people hate each other but just
1: frustrated. just like yeah. having this general sense of frustration yeah uh but well I, I was not any part of like people being like like legitimately pissed at each other yeah. from from what i remember but some of those are like man god i could have done i could have i could have done something <laughs> i could have done yeah. something yeah. when
3: i when i first started getting into tabletop games and playing with my wife i didn't Like, I bought a lot of those kind of hidden role and hidden traitor games, not realizing that, like, not everyone is into that and having you lie to your face, you know, and especially not my wife. It's hard on relationships, for sure. So I
0: switched some games, but I still still enjoy those. I love – one of my favorite things for playing so much Avalon is with couples, it's just like – it feels like a cheat code in Avalon Mm because I won't see anything, but just, like – when the couple's like, nope, this is even another, like, nope, no good. They're lying. It's like, what? Are you sure? Absolutely. And if I know I can trust that person, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, mm-hmm. thank you for revealing this. Because, like, you know, I, I know what I've played with a girlfriend is always just like, oh, my God, this is going to be impossible. Please don't tell anybody that you can clearly see that I'm lying right <laughs> now. It's just amazing how you have that extra insight. Uh, Alexa, Alexander Dunbar, Dunbar says, uh, would you guys ever consider doing a DD campaign stream? I think since you no longer are associated with the Game Informer, you can now branch out into more than just video games. Yeah, we can. Um, I saw somebody say like, "Hey, save D and D for like a hundred dollar tier and keep it this exclusive thing," or it's like, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't rule it out. Do you? was the last time you played D and no, D?
3: Uh not for a super long time. I've only yeah. played a couple of games in my life, and I would be into that. That would, I think, that would be super fun. But we would yeah. have to get someone who would know how to be yeah, a dungeon I, I, if master. If we were going
1: to do something like that, I wouldn't want it to just be us messing around. I'd want someone who who knew what they were we doing. We to, to get D. Miller. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, Miller like that. would be great.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm playing right now, uh, and my friend's the DM. Um, but it's his first time being the DM, and he's just overwhelmed by the amount of work it is. Or it's like it's fun, but holy god, is it yeah. a, a lot of work? So not being able to do that myself, it seems like a tall order to be like, hey, can we live stream you being the DM mm-hmm. and probably having only D&D nerds who are really going to critique everything you're doing, yeah. watching it, and then also put in, you know, uh, 20 hours of work a week just to build yeah. this campaign. Like it's a lot to ask, mm-hmm. but yes, obviously that'd be a dream come true if we yeah. eventually did that. I think, yeah. it'd be super and that's, fun. I
3: think that's why none of us would feel comfortable yeah. being the DM on it. You, yeah. like, you would have to have experience, but if we could find someone who would
0: – yeah would be into that too for sure um also i i just don't really like fantasy stuff like it's fine um but it was you know i think last time i was playing D- dd dnd i was like oh what universe would i be most into and it's like a jurassic park dnd campaign like you kidding me like that would what, be a dream come what true what would that be though it's just the same thing you're just in the jurassic park world on the island you're different roles and dinosaurs stuff. you're doing whatever you want to do yeah Oh, you're trying to get off the island, right? Okay. I'm
3: sure someone has probably made that. Oh,
0: I'm sure. Yeah. Millions of people have played it probably at this point, right? Just I've never seen it. Mm. But being new to the world of D&D, that was just That is epiphany. a taller order to find
3: someone who's willing to be a DM and be like, by the way, <laughs> you have to do our Jurassic Park
0: fantasy now. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> and do the dinosaur roars. Mm-hmm. Yes. The licensed dinosaur roars. I want them to come out yeah, of your mouth. They have to sound accurate. Yeah. And if he just did like a really
1: long campaign of Monopoly- but it was like we used Monopoly as the base but it was like a whole D&D campaign where everyone really was fun. like I'm embezzling here and I'm like trying to like if we just complicated the rules of Monopoly even more or right. if, or if we, we could just play Sorry and have it be from a... Oh the
0: Sorry universe? Yeah mm. That Sorry universe <laughs> uh, Was it I think it was in the Extra Life stream. somebody just I think it was probably Reeves was joking around about how <laughs> Go Fish was a sequel to the game Go. (laughs) Just the (laughs) idea that they're in the same universe of tabletop games. It's just such a funny idea. It's like, like, yeah, the idea that Go really jumped the shark with the (laughs) pretty Go 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 fan as a variant. Uh, Go what? Go what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wes Bates says, Hello, Max crew. Here's a fun game I call Notable Quotables. See if you can guess the game character from the following quotes. The first three are a bit tough. The final quote is a softball. If you can't get it from the first ones, Enjoy! This is Wes Bates. Are you ready? Ready. Kyle, oh boy. Ready. Kyle? We need you to buzz in with Ky- your name. Kyle? Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> Daughter, get in. <laughs> My Jetson's cars running a gas. Um all right. Don't even try, Jeffum, for this I, one. cereal. this is for you. Okay. Man, you guys are the best, stupidest group I could ask for. Character quotes from a game, all the same character. Well, everybody wears a mask deep within their heart. At the very least, I'm more admirable than some carnal blonde monkey. Is this like some Persona crap? Yeah, that's sort of where I was going. I was. Thinking... Don't call me a cat. Oh, that's... it's uh, Morgana. There we go, from Persona 5. Oh, we gotta get the character? Yep. I was gonna guess Ryuji until you said the cat thing. Also, hey, uh, we're... Uh... We love games around here. If you ever call it Persona crap again, I will Sorry. tackle you across I've the tried stable. I've tried.
3: <laughs> okay. I actually reviewed one of the Persona games. Did you really? Yeah. Do yeah. you like it? It was on Vita. Oh, Golden? Yeah. I don't know. It was, a, you don't it was know. a remake of one of them, Persona never... 3 remake. Oh, right. Persona like 3 Portable. Huh.
1: Well, maybe, okay. maybe it was, was PSP. Was the color scheme blue or yellow?
3: Get out of here. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it is the okay. long and short of it. I, I, didn't I can get tell into from, persona the, five. from the terms of yes. affection you
0: use for Sorry. the series. I should yes. not have said Persona Five. Hey, I'll have to bleep that out. No, I say yes. crap all the time. It's fine what you said. It's fine. I wouldn't have used that word choice, but it's fine what you said. Right. Okay. I don't know what's going on head. I do like the cat too, He okay? doesn't think it's fine. I like fine. the cat.
1: He's going to resent you
0: forever. Yes. This
1: relationship is falling apart.
0: Fate is another lie told by the gods. Nothing is written that cannot be unwritten. Oh, gosh, I feel like I know this. Oh. The cycle ends here. We uh, must be better than this. Oh, it's, uh, that's the an uh, Overwatch character, right? There we go. Kratos, Kratos from yeah. God of War. Sit down before you fall down, He's <laughs> the <laughs> he, Overwatch character. Though.
3: <laughs> that God of War crap. Boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually I read one of those God of War games I on PSP he who controls the battlefield controls history I'm just a man who's good at what he does killing Jeff I'm Don't Try alright I like this game where I don't
1: have to participate in most of
0: it <laughs> uh, I'm going to flip these because I think one's more recognizable I'm no hero Never was, never will be. Is it, is it Solid Snake? It's Solid Snake. There I, we go. I was, mm. I was trying to determine whether it was Big Boss or Solid Snake. Yep. Tough oh. tough quiz. So, you want a piece of me? Literally? <laughs> okay, bro. Come and get it, if you can. Flock off, Featherface. Or you can stick around and find out the hard way. Is this like Kazooie from Banjo Kazooie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's very telling that you're good. I should have saved you. I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. Let's rock, baby. Mm. Oh, is it Dante? There we go, killing it, Suriel. Ooh, this is tricky. I don't know if you'll get this one. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't. I don't know I'll if I'll see myself. I, I, really I, I still. Both... I'm allowed to play this round? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, actually, this is just Jeffem. Oh, because I don't think... Well, no, you can play too surreal, but I don't think you finished it. Uh, Hee hee, nothing beats the sweet music of hundreds of voices screaming in unison. Hee hee, keep in mind. Self-control is something for which I do not strive. Son of a submariner, they'll pay for this. Life, dreams, hope, where do they come from? Where do they go? Such meaningless things. I'll destroy them all. Is this Kefka? Wow! Surreal! Vasquez, killing it. All right. Why would you think I would know that? You haven't played Final Fantasy VI? No, I, I haven't played
1: big... Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. I know you didn't finish it, right? No, I didn't finish it. I, I don't think I even met Kefka. Oh, but wow. But I think when you were... when you made that hee he, yeah, I was like, okay. He seems to be somewhat... Did you forget
3: with... the part when I said I've never played any Final Fantasy games? You're like games? number one Super Nintendo
0: boy. All right. You know, wow. Congratulations. all that ever mattered to me was loyalty. It was all I knew. It was all I ever believed in. Just do one thing or the other. Don't try to be two people at once. It's very hard to keep this vanilla. We're thieves in a world that don't want us no more. Is that Arthur Morgan? There we go, yeah. Arthur Morgan. Killing it. Um, yeah, good luck, pal. That's almost impossible to... Oh, you did it! Nice. I'm curious <laughs> if you could get it from that.
1: I, I I remember. I very vaguely remember, but the character's not coming to me.
0: Oh no, it's not that bad. Look, I have my own bucket. Great, power's out and a girl's trapped. I swear to God, if there's a zombie around the next corner. And the last one. No, 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 (laughs) no. I have no idea what the hell it is. Is it
1: Peter Parker from Spider Man?
0: No. Close. I thought Spider Man was the first one that I thought. What if I frame it to no, 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 no? Shia LaBeouf? Close. (laughs) No, uh, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Uh, There we go. Very good. Uh, Hey, thanks to everybody that left a comment on our post at patreon.com slash minmax to wins. Uh, we appreciate it. I think these community email segments are going to be really long. Yeah. This is going to be the, much the whole feedback? podcast. Yeah, in uh, terms of recording, We're at computer frozen. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? Oh, <laughs> I'm reading this like it's... Another quote. I'm like, get a load of this. What kind of quote? No, that's the name of the segment. All right, ready for closing out the show with get a load of this. Yeah, Uh, something that stuck out to us. Is this actually broken? I will fix it. Something that stood out to us uh, throughout the week. uh, Something that we just can't let go of that we wanted to share with everybody. Uh, Suriel, what stood out to you? Uh, Last. This is maybe not as timely uh, as the
1: last one, but so recently there was a Halloween uh, wrestling event by the company AEW. And you is might... that the Japanese one? I think so. Uh, but it was a Halloween event, and Kenny Omega, who, who you might know is a pretty famous wrestler, yeah, uh, decided to dress up for the occasion. And I'm just going to play the audio. Let's see if, the, if it works. This was like his entrance into the ring. So there's there's some, a lot of drama uh, about like oh uh, there this is part of the the wrestling storyline of them trying to lure him into the group uh-huh. uh, of like the of the bad guys. Uh, some,
0: uh, <laughs> this sounds great.
1: Something about someone dying, his like his friend. Oh uh, hold on, I got to I don't know how long this goes, but <laughs> well this intro part.
4: It shouldn't. It shouldn't take
1: too long. You want to hold hold the phone up like this? Like this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're trying to lure him over to, the, to his side. So it's <laughs> playing some very familiar music. Yeah. Hold on. Is
0: it some Metro Prime with? music.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So it's him pretending to be the character, and he's like, do you mind if I tag in? And so they played the Megalovania theme in this huge arena. From Undertale. Yeah. But my favorite part is is, is the announcing. Is the, is the announcer having to...
0: Okay.
4: But, but. Omega! Omega, early for him
2: as he calls the power of Saiyan, Wow.
0: Hmm. Hey, I think there's a bunch of dorks out there and in the Kenny, world.
1: That was a fun thing to see online, it and fun. everybody yeah. lost their, their crap over it,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like a huge, yeah, because he named himself after Omega Weapon, yeah, I think, of Final Fantasy, right? Yeah, hmm. very exciting. Uh, Jeff,
3: get a load of what? Uh, mine is something I'll never unsee, please, which hmm. was a tweet with pictures of poor Ben Reeves. <laughs> well, first, it was Leo shaving a hole in, in Ben Reeves's hair, yeah, which was a pit funny, yes. Yeah. But little did I know it was actually a bowl that Leo then filled with bugs and <laughs> ate bugs out of Reeves's hair bowl, like he was head? bobbing for uh, apples yes. for charity. For charity, I don't. It, it was like something Jigsaw would dream up <laughs> that they did to poor Leo. This is
0: for extra life. Uh, we capped it off. Somebody donated, oh, was it fifteen hundred or seventeen hundred dollars? I hope so to charity to create the bug bowl, which was just. Incredible because it's like I think I said it on a whim of just like you know it'd be fun if you combine these things, and ate bugs out of someone's hair, hair. <laughs>
3: and then yeah, and they to dreamt it, it up, yep, and then they had to they had to problem solve that on the fly, figure out how to work that logistically.
0: My favorite bit of that is I tweeted out those pictures and uh, Matt Helgeson responded to that and just said, "Jesus Christ, <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it, too. It was like, oh, my God. It got weird and dark. It's so (laughs) f***ed up.
0: Oh, it's so good. Uh, Yeah, that is the thrill of Extra Life is just inventing something on the spot. And then I think as Joe said it, like – It's rare that we're really pushing for something like a hair pie that's really effed up, or licking gravy off a floor covered in hair, which is really effed Mm -hmm. up, or the bug bowl is really effed up, and the community hasn't pulled through and donated to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just incredible that every time it's like, yep. Yes. Well, here's the most effed up thing we can imagine. (laughs) It has to happen.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Or making Joe eat clam dekeens all night.
0: (laughs) Did you see the clam pie?
3: Yes. Okay. (laughs)
0: That's amazing. Filling a pie with. Glams the yes. which was it. all very good because Joe was asking
3: for it for yeah, like was being, <laughs> how many ever hours? Yes, to be, yes. To the be whole fair. time he was like, "I'm never gonna get my comeuppance." Right. And it was all very funny until Clamdy Kane after D. Kane <laughs> came in, and he, he hit that point where he's like, "Oh God, I can't do it anymore." Was amazing. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah. For me, uh, hey, get a load Hold of this, on. Kyle. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, he's coming. Uh, get a load of this. Um. Musicals are good. I, you know, as a kid, I would watch Little Shop of Horrors, and I always loved that. Um, and then and that it wasn't until so much. yeah, oh, I loved it, but it wasn't until like the last. Seven years of my life was like, oh yeah, these things called musicals. It turns out they're popular for a reason. It's like I love Disney movies growing mm-hmm. up, I guess, mm-hmm. but that I've never connected it to actually seeing live performances. But obviously, Hamilton was a was a game changer. Some would argue it's the greatest work of art of all time. You're talking about Brian Shea singing the Frozen song, right? That's right. Yes. That is peak musical. No, yeah. so uh, a couple a couple tips with this. Uh, recently, my girlfriend signed up for us to be ushers at uh, a smallish theater in Minneapolis. And it was great because the tickets were normally like 75 bucks, but you like scan tickets at the entrance, which I did for one night, and I got to see the performance for free. And it was Chicago. Uh, Seeing Chicago in in Northeast Minneapolis uh, was really exciting because I had never seen it before. Uh, I'd seen like bits and pieces, I think, from some sequences on YouTube ahead of time, but it was all disconnected. But awesome show, did an awesome job. And the thing that I can't stop thinking about is, you know, the last time I watched Little Shop of Horrors, that... Skid Row song just worked its way to my brain. and I listened to it 3,000 times. Uh, Chicago, the song Press Conference Rag, but you can find a better, longer version of it if you just search on YouTube for We Both Reached for the Gun. This song is incredible, and seeing the version from the movie is solid. And I remember seeing that before and thinking, that's a really cool musical sequence. Then seeing it live, and it blew my mind And then went back and watched Hmm. the version for the movie again. It's like, it's still cool, but not nearly as cool as it is actually seeing it live. But it's like this press conference where a lawyer, the whole premise is like he's speaking for uh, his client. And so they just mime it like she's uh, a dummy and he's speaking for her. But just like physically it's amazing. The song's amazing. It speeds up, slows down. So that's it. My get a load of this is just a reminder Look on YouTube for Chicago's uh, We Both Reached for the Gun mm. as a song because mm. it's just some of the most fun you can have. And even cool. just – this is so dumb and I promise I wasn't high at this theater. But just like seeing a musical like that, it's just insane because like we're just sitting in a room and it just so happens that these two dozen people on stage are perfectly synchronized yeah. and singing this thing. Like this was an invention from human beings. This doesn't have to happen. It's mm-hmm. just – A room and these people are a machine built for beauty it's incredible musicals run don't walk to your nearest theater ladies and gentlemen i think he was high get ready yes (laughs) yes
3: clearly get ready for the min max musical
0: that's right <laughs> we already did that at Game before. we've yeah. we got it all uh, thanks so much for tuning into this episode I'm sorry it was long uh, for the Min Max show um, let's see coming up next week reminder we have uh, the second chapter for the Deepest Dive Game Club we Not have really. our group stream on Tuesday for $20 supporters we have the Min Facts uh, Q&A on Monday uh, it's really fun to do and then we put the audio up in the exclusive audio feed after that so if you don't support us consider checking us out on Patreon I think it's fun to get into that Discord and talk to folks and all that fun jazz Uh, that's it anybody else have anything else to say Kyle great until next time uh, be good have fun let's go